Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hi, welcome in to a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios, coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com, and watch the show and be a part of the show on facebook live and youtube you can like share subscribe and chime in on what you want to discuss on this monday we've got a few guests lined up for today including Cy seymour coming up at four o'clock we'll talk pirate hoops east carolina coming off their first road game of the year and their first road loss of the year to old dominion on saturday night we'll talk about that we'll talk pirate football and more with double b brian bailey coming up at five o'clock we'll hear what mike schwartz had to say earlier today about the pirate loss and also a big week coming up two home games tuesday night against south carolina state friday night against the Campbell Fighting Camels. So we'll hear from Coach Schwartz on today's program as well. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt here, and to my left, Troy D. alongside for our number one. What's up, Troy? Good to see you, Clip Rock. We made it through Thanksgiving. December is on the clock, and bowl season is almost here. That's right. Next Monday, I guess we'll begin 40 bowls in 14 yes, days. Yes, I was hoping. Yeah. My dad asked me, I saw my dad over the holidays, and he said, are there still 40 bowls? I said, according to Clip Rock, there are. I believe we're up to 42 now. But that doesn't that have as right? good of a ring to it. No. 42 I mean, bowls. We're still doing 40, 40, yeah, 40, 40 bowls in 14 bowls. days. I just hope whatever bowl, we're going to talk about this. I got the whole bowl breakdown. I know you guys, uh, Bailey covered some of this too with Malcolm Gray. Uh, we're going to, I just hope whatever bowl ECU gets into, that it's in Capital One Bowl Week, that it's not too early. You know how they start Capital Bowl, Bowl Week at a certain point? Well, you may not get your wish. I know. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Why, who, why does that matter? That just you? sounds legit to me when you're in Capital One Bowl Week. <laughs> okay. Get more promos, get more attention. Maybe. Sounds good. All right. And we do a family pool, and the Dreyfus family pool starts, like, if the bowl games are too early, it doesn't get counted in the pool. Well, that's not a real bowl pool if you don't have all the bowl games. <laughs> then we'll talk to my uncle. Get him on the phone. What's his number? Uncle Donald. If you're going to do a bowl pool, you got to have the bowls. I know. I know. That's a you problem. Not I, a... I, I got to address this with the family. Yeah. Yes. This I mean, is a family issue. All you have to do is we add all, the extra bowls. We all have our family problems. So when do you usually pick the games? You just move it up a week or <laughs> they, so, right? They, there's like a deadline, but they like don't count the first few bowls for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. Yeah. I'm going to have to get, try and get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Especially. By the way, uh, welcome to our Facebook and YouTube viewers online smash a like give us a subscribe as we ride with you on the debut of a new camera angle clip that's right tyler noticed on youtube what's up tyler not so sure i like this angle (laughs) oh i definitely don't (laughs) it's terrible this is a a terrible angle i want less cameras we're adding more for guys like me and you that uh you know not a fan of the cameras yeah i got it i don't have a problem with the cameras this is the i I need the angle to be high not low i came here to do radio why are all these cameras in here (laughs) yeah we got cameras, lights. What is happening? We got a film crew, some friends of ours with Uptown Greenville shooting today too. We got we got fan. stuff going all over the place. 
All right, so before we talk bowls, uh, man, we got a lot of going on in the coaching carousel. Uh, we'll get you ready for the championship Saturday and Friday night and, and go over those games. Let's talk about East Carolina's finale, Troy, and it was a shootout in Philadelphia and East Carolina able to outlast Temple and we talked about it at length on Saturday. Well, let's get your thoughts on it. I haven't talked to you about uh, it. A couple things. One, I-, I thought, you know, there's a little bit of coaching gamesmanship going on with Mike Houston calling a timeout. You know, it worked East Carolina's favor late in the But then uh, if Temple goes for it on fourth and one, makes a first down, the game could very well be over. They decide to punt which I thought ended up being uh, one of the key plays of the game right there. It was back-to-back head-scratching coaching decisions, calling a timeout, which you want to have your best defense set, but you didn't want to use a timeout while the clock is stopped in that situation. So, And then Temple comes out of that timeout and says, here, East Carolina, we haven't stopped you all day, so we're going to give you the ball back and give you a chance to score. Yeah, and, and I felt good. I was like, if East Carolina get the ball back, I felt good about our chances. I really did. Sure. And Holt Naylor's awesome job driving the team down the field, getting the winning score, doing what you have to do to win. As you know, Skip Holt famously said one time after an ugly victory, it's an, it's, it's an ugly baby, but it's our baby. That's kind of how that game was. Hey, I'll take an ugly win every single time if that's what it takes. Um, in the world of college football, they're not always going to be blowouts and they're not always going to be pretty. Would East Carolina, should, could they have you know dominated this game and looked a little bit better? Sure. But a win's a win, and that's ultimately all that matters, Clip. East Carolina does not win it without Keaton Mitchell, who accounted for 300 yards uh, himself on Saturday, 222 on the ground, and 78 through the air, four combined touchdowns, a monster performance by Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, uh, I mean, just, you know, I don't want to say a breakout game for him because he's had so many other great games, but got to be, I mean, obviously the best game of the season for him so far. So, um, he is starting to look like a, you know, smaller version of Chris Johnson, if you will. You know, he's starting to remind me more and more of him. Once again, only uh, he's got two years remaining, Clip. So, uh, what a talented young man. Hope uh, he obviously um, can have a great performance like that in the bowl game, and hopefully, a lot more games for East Carolina. We hope going forward. We, we certainly we, hope. We keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, so now the speculation, you know, look, seven and five, you guarantee yourself a winning season. Even if you lose the bowl game, you're still you still end up with a winning season. This was an important game, but uh, you know, East Carolina would love to get a victory in that last game of the season coming up in December and go to um, eight wins on the year. I mean, that would be a, a solid accomplishment. You know, maybe maybe yep. not what they had absolutely you know had hoped for originally, but still a strong year. I think when you look at the big picture of East Carolina, a fine year. Yeah. I picked them seven and five. Could have certainly gone better. Could have gone worse. It is what it is. It's seven and five, and we'll see uh, if they can get that eighth win uh, coming up. Uh, and I guess we can start to dive into where they might be going and who they might be playing in a bowl game. Yeah, so it's interesting. So uh, the American Conference has four main bowl affiliations that they're guaranteed slots in. So that Military Bowl, Armed Forces Bowl, which is in Fort Worth, Texas, Fenway Bowl, which as we know is in Boston, and the Independence Bowl, which I didn't really think about, Clip. I forgot about this one, uh, in Shreveport. Those are your four slotted bowls. Now, they get three selections from a group of other bowls 
And after, you know, I talked to Malcolm Gray about this. That's assuming there's spots available and the way things shake out. So they have options that they could select from three other bowls from these bowls. The Birmingham Bowl, the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, First Responder Bowl in Dallas. Now, if I just said the Roof Claim Bowl, that probably wouldn't excite you, would it? No. No, but if I said, hey, the bowl in Boca Raton, Florida, then that sounds good. Still not excited. Okay. Uh, Frisco Bowl. Any guesses where that's at? Frisco's in Texas. Nailed it. Frisco. Uh, the Cure Bowl in Orlando, which I think w- would be a good spot. Myrtle Beach, of course, the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Myrtle Beach, and the New Mexico Bowl also in New Mexico. Looking at the AAC, here's how many teams are bowl eligible. Uh, you've got Tulane, who with a win will be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, which will certainly be on Troy D's family bowl pool sheet. Yes. A New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, Indeed. Absolutely. Uh, UCF um, is bowl eligible along with Cincinnati, SMU, Houston, ECU, and Memphis. So uh, you got quite a few teams there out of the American who have the uh, number of wins they need. Yeah, and ESPN has the bowl selection show on Sunday. So worst case scenario, this did uh, – last year we were talking about this in the staff meeting. Last year, East Carolina – I don't even want to say it leaked out. It got announced that East Carolina was going to the military bowl about a week ahead of time. And for a while, we did not know the opponent. We just knew we were going to the military bowl. If you remember back this time uh, clip, so I don't know if it'll play out like this that time. This time, um, it may be Sunday before we officially find out. It could leak out potentially earlier, but. Um, right now, no matter what the scenario, this time next week we'll know where East Carolina is going. That we will. And, you know, the let's talk rumors. Like I, I heard floating around last week that if East Carolina beat Temple, Fenway could be the potential bowl destination. Yep. They ended up winning. I, what, I mean, what have you heard? Still, still a lot of uh, smoke with that one, you know, where they say where there's smoke, there's fire. So that one's definitely, uh, I would say, the leader in the clubhouse right now, the Fenway Bowl. Pros and cons with the Fenway Bowl. One, it's a new bowl that East Carolina's never been to. That's a pro. Uh, I think it's a unique venue, Fenway Park. It's kind of different playing in a historic stadium like that. Uh, I'd say that's a pro. Con, cold up in Boston. Could be snowing that time uh, in December. Um, Con, it's at 11 a.m. Very early kickoff. Um, Pro, you play an ACC team in the Fenway Bowl. So I'm just trying to be fair. Did you mention the date, the, uh, and that depends. That's a pro for some and a con for others. Um, the date is the Saturday is December 17th, the last Saturday before Christmas. It's the second day that there will be bowls being played. Yeah. Now I talked to some folks in in retail business and that own restaurants today and said, "Look, that's a t- that last Saturday before Christmas. We can't. Th- that's too big of a day for us. We can't go." That's it, it. That's a no-go. Talk to other folks that said, hey, wow, we'll get it out of the way before Christmas. It doesn't mess up Christmas if you're not a retailer yourself or have to work on that Saturday. That's a busy day that Saturday for a lot of folks. So depending your perspective clip, that's either really good or really bad that last Saturday before Christmas. So uh, very early in the bowl season, though, one of the first bowls played. I'm looking, uh, Troy, at a USA map mm-hmm. just to – you know buff up on my geography map of the united states of america i'm trying to see if uh, where this would rank as far as the most the northernmost games ecu has ever played in 
Oh, well, we played in uh, Washington before. Correct. When I was in school, we played Washington Good State. on you for knowing that is. That's more northern. More northern. That's, and I would say, if I had to put money on it, I don't know if there's any school more ner- north than Washington. Let me uh, zoom out to see if we play Maine, uh, how that would affect. Uh, that would be close, but it looks like Washington would and still would be the most And I would say it's the north. farthest school we've ever played. Not the farthest game, because we play in the Hawaii Bowl which will probably Correct. go down Boise State, the farthest game. But the farthest team, as far as home versus away, would be Washington. And Jerome, I was going to get to that. Syracuse, New York, is north of um, Boston, Mass. So that would be more north. And it looks like next year, Ann Arbor and uh, would be just about even uh, hmm. as far as north there you go. when it comes to the Fenway Bowl. So, I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 on the Fenway Bowl right now. Um, it, I definitely – I'm kind of over the military bowl after last year. Left a bad taste in my mouth. I really don't know if I'm up for that. Um, I do like – as far as convenience, I love the Myrtle Beach Bowl because our fans could drive there. You could even go the day of the game. Uh, it would be very easy to get to Myrtle Beach. I think that would be a, a fun little location. As far as cool spots to go to, obviously uh, Boca in Florida would, would lead the list. I think Orlando would be a great one. Now, we do have a tie-in. Ron Dowdy from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium's daughter runs that bowl. So uh, I've talked to Ron Dowdy about this before. He's, he's wanted ECU in there since the inception of this bowl game uh, in Orlando, the Cure Bowl. So he is politicking for ecu in the cure bowl but i don't know how much he gets to decide with that um adam going with the pro and con list at con pricey hotel rooms in in boston yeah that is a con that's true they'll con you right out of that money wow nice haven't thought about that as far and also con you pro it's a long drive if you drive uh billy and i looked it up i think 11 hours now i'll tell you who's not afraid to drive to boston touchdown tony collins that dude used to drive like crazy to boston back and forth which i was like insane but especially this time that time of year where it could be snow pirate radio rv tony driving well you know i ran it's funny you mentioned that clip i ran into uh he actually sat behind me at the at the last home game our buddy coach rick smith which we need to get back on sometime coach smith sat behind me coach what was that like and, and he was uh he hadn't done this one in a while let's see how rusty you are i smell something that stunk and i knew it was troy in front of me but i tried to avoid him at all costs because i didn't want to talk to him of course we had coach coach smith drive us to williamsburg or Williamsport. Williamsport. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we should do a reunion and go to Williamsburg, Virginia. We should go to Bush Gardens. We didn't, go to, we didn't <laughs> go to Great Wolf Lodge, Troy. <laughs> Troy went down the wrong slide. <laughs> we went to Williamsport, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, the Little yeah. League World Series. Little League World Series, yeah. and it was epic. We could have Coach drive us. To, maybe we get a Sprinter van this time, one of those Mercedes Who's us? Sprinter van. Am I included in this? Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll see. I'll take that. Hold on a second. We'll see. Okay. We'll have to I'd see. I'd rather have Clint All right, Dad. I, I know what that means, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see is code for no. Yeah. I use that one <laughs> on Lily now. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Kind of like bless your heart. If someone says bless your heart, then you know something bad's going to happen. Um, all right. So that's too far to drive, in my opinion. You got to fly. 
So that's probably a con. All right. You know, just because airline travel during the holidays is a headache. Can be. And going up north when it could be, there could be a snow event, could be a major headache. Ron said if you go to Myrtle Beach, you have to have a Pirate Open golf tournament day prior to game day. Just have, what, every Pirate fan down for the bowl game compete in the Pirate Open Classic. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Here's an Ask the Owner question from Alex. Okay. Going to start a player's lounge with basketball now that football is over? It's on the table. We are – let us get through next couple weeks, and uh, that that is something that we might potentially break out in January. Potential. Yeah, there is potential for that. That is, there's been discussions about that. Good question, and Alex. that is a good question, and that is actually something we're looking to add uh, coming next year, which is just about a month away. All right, awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, what are you feeling for a bowl opponent? Um, we had Daniel say if we match up with Syracuse in the Fenway Bowl, we would have a slight advantage because the Orange play in that filthy dome interesting well that's true cold weather boys not that's, used to the cold that's a legit point um i don't know i watched one of syracuse games they looked like they had kind of a pretty decent offense i forget who they were playing at the time um well, who I, doesn't have a good offense you would like to play against That's still I mean, bold, like the ones of the bad offense. Like Wake Forest can put up yeah, hundred and twenty. No, 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 no. I don't want to play Wake. Yeah, I mean, it would be a bloodbath. I don't have a good feeling about that. We unfortunately we can't choose a two and ten team to play. Against. I know, I know. I mean, we could go uh, against an option attack again. I mean, that might be our best bet at this point. Play we eight. can stop the run. Yeah, play Army or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, in the Armed Forces Bowl. Right now, anybody throwing the football is uh, dangerous to East Carolina. Yeah. Jerome's pulling for Wake Forest in the Military Bowl. So he wants Annapolis again. It still seems like, you know, all options are on the table. Although I do keep hearing a lot of buzz about that Fenway Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hate to throw it out there, but anything's possible, Clint. Thanks, Troy. Thank you for reminding us that for the... And you know what? The announcement will be here before you know it. You have an amazing streak of saying that phrase on this show, every appearance. It continues on. Unlike Cincinnati's home winning streak. See a lot of people upset about Keaton Mitchell not named uh, AAC Player of the Week. Yeah, who did they take? After a 300-yard game. They took the uh, running back from Tulane. And, I mean, the only way to explain it is they snapped the cincinnati streak they're going to the championship game you know yeah. clinch that home game so. i can see that but yeah. uh i mean you can't discount what keaton mitchell did on uh on saturday um let's see john says kind of we were doing pros and cons wouldn't mind the military bowl because it's driving distance now here's a here's an option and they probably won't be there because they always go to the uh outback bowl but what about a rematch east carolina nc state in the military bowl no no thank you we've already played state i know but a chance to right the wrong i mean i to end the season with a win over nc state i'm not a fan but right, i'm sure some out. are just throwing it out there i know you are you want to play state in carolina every game <laughs> yeah just back and forth the whole season yeah yeah home and six home. times was state. and neutral yeah home home neutral that'd be a hell of a season um brian says that bowl games 
don't count unless they are after Christmas. See, there is a lot of people I've talked <clears throat> to other people that feel that way. Well, that's dumb. That that well, there is some folks that feel that like the real bowl season, and that's when I think that was what I was referring to, Capital One Bowl Week. I think starts probably right after Christmas. So the Quick Lane Bowl counts, but the Hawaii Bowl doesn't count. What sense does that make? None. Zero. Yeah. I, 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 are y'all huge Quick Lane Bowl fans? It's more of a status thing. I think the later in the year it feels the bowl season feels a little more real quick lane bowl counts if you go too early hawaii bowl doesn't count does it feel real you know it's a football game none of them count in my opinion well they what and we talked about this too between guys that sit out that are seniors that don't that might be going to nfl between coaches that leave for other schools that aren't coaching um between players that might already be transferring i mean there's all different stuff they ought to just call this bonus games really instead of bowl games you get a bonus game at the end of the year. That's what it is, basically. You get one more bonus game. A bonus game. Yeah. The only games that really count are the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you the get rest a, of, everyone else gets a bonus game. For the players, they get a they get, get a trip. A, yeah, and a bonus game. They get some swag. Yeah. Uh, I've come around on bowl season. You know me, I used to hate bowl I'm a big bowl season fan now. I like bowl season. But let's just call it what it is. It's a bonus game for the schools that qualify. They are all basically exhibition games. Correct. If there's no stakes, if no. you win, the same thing happens that if you lose, you right. go home. But it feels good to win a game. Absolutely. And you win. You win the last game of the. And game. you want to win. Herm Edwards said you play to win the game. Sure. We're not going there just to show up. We want right. to win the game. But if we do win, we just go home. You hear the phrase "win or go home." Right. You can lose or go home, or win or go home. But either way, you're going home. You are. You're not staying at Fenway. <laughs> no. If that's where we go. You don't get season tickets to Red Sox games yeah. for winning. Although that would be pretty cool, I guess. Now, a does it fan. change your opinion for you Fenway Bowl folks? If there's eight inches of snow on the ground and an ice storm headed that way, would you still be Fenway Bowl fans? I would guess. And no. you get stuck on the interstate trying to get there if you're driving? <laughs> Seems like a loaded question. I'm there. just asking, Clip. It is a possibility. That some people would still enjoy that? No, that that weather could happen. Oh, I know. Yeah, but I, your question is: Are what, you are you happy? Yeah. Is that what you want? <laughs> I would suck it up and do and do it. All right. Well, there you there go. You see, we found it's, one. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, I would absolutely give everybody the business around me as far as complaining, but I will suck it up and do it though. <laughs> well, that might happen under good conditions, surely. Hey. Uh, <laughs> John won't say snowball. I would love to watch it on TV. That would yeah, be really cool. I don't know if cool. I want to be there. But yeah, I think watching it would be different. But how would we play? We don't play great in the cold anyway. How would we do in the snow? I don't know. I mean, these are issues if you're going to a Fenway Bowl you have to think about a month from now. What do you mean we don't play? Who doesn't play good in the cold? I don't think we're a cold weather team. If it's really cold, I think that has an effect on our team. Tradition. Why? Because we're we're not used to it. Because of like 2014, what does that have to do with Mike I, Houston and all these? Just in players? general, I just think over the years, whenever the game's been really cold, we haven't done well. Okay, but again, that has nothing to do with this current team. That's true. But is this team? This team hasn't proven itself to be a cold weather team. They're not a great mild weather team. <laughs> right, <exactly>. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so throw that extra layer in and then it's a bigger concern as and well then you saying. just multiply the issues right. okay yeah. fair enough 
that's that's my point all right josh says troy dreyfus now a big bowl guy big bowl guy i do like the bowls right. I, you know what i like doing because i like watching the, i like the fact that there's always a game on usually during christmas break because there, between christmas and new year's is relatively a downtime and i like being able to fact that just about every day you could you could put a bowl even if you're not glued to it there's something to look forward to and it's something to you know have a pool about you know whether it's an office pool or a family pool it's fun brown says no one is going to go if it's on a monday or tuesday that's an issue too uh people still have to work and i think having it on a monday or tuesday is a con for those bowls that fall that way which i believe the myrtle beach bowl falls on like a monday yeah it does the uh fenway is saturday yeah so add that to your pro con list yeah jonathan says if it snows we wear white helmets that'll really freak troy out <laughs> be a disaster kenny says please a bowl game close enough for pirate nation to travel to or a warm weather game i'm leaning with kenny to agree there i think everybody would like yep. that uh jerome's asking how cold was it at byu we did uh decent there uh, it wasn't that bad actually i right. said it was not uh, that does not count jerome no i wouldn't consider byu a really a cold weather game well jerome you used to play what was your record in cold games let us know yeah uh but byu was not uh they said they kind of caught a break it wasn't really until the end of the game it wasn't even that bad ron says if shirley goes to the game she would outnumber the temple fans from saturday by one hey that's pretty good um and let's see josh looking way ahead at the forecast two weeks from now daytime highs in boston are low 40s yeah i mean it's going to be cold yeah so and that's the high yeah and the game's at 11 a.m 11 a.m jerome says uh his record in the cold not good <laughs> see? thank you for being honest jerome appreciate you not good as i said traditionally and it's not just this t- i'm talking about just traditionally know, through ecu we've never done great in cold weather games i know yeah tell that to mike houston see what he says well let's do we have foe foe houston coach traditionally ecu has struggled in cold weather games uh what about your team well I, look and i don't mean to take away from uh coach goblin but i don't care about the weather don't ask me about the weather uh but we have really good kids they're hard-nosed kids uh we, we practice in different weather all year round we, we practice in warm weather and then next thing you know we're practicing in cold weather uh, we don't give a freaking damn uh, excuse my language uh but our kids are a good bunch really good bunch hard-nosed hard-nosed weathered kids uh and, and they're going to bust their freaking tails off for you guys in whatever weather thank you well, coach. feel differently about that. it now it's a good point jerome looking back at some cold versus uh warm weather games he says mobile bowl loss i guess was cold yes mobile bowl. yes he says dome liberty bowls were some of the coldest i've ever been in my life dome bowl Honestly. against texas tech so they smoked them so it was not cold so that there you go right and i was at that game that that was a fun game astrodome yep I believe the last close of the Astrodome ever game, last game ever played in the Astrodome. You know, I didn't have a, I, I think enough of a sense of a history about it back then, clip because I would have. Thinking back at it now, how cool that was that I got to be in the Astrodome. I feel like I should have taken like a piece of memorabilia from the stadium. I mean, that's where the Bad News Bears played. I know. Yeah. I love that movie too. Breaking Training. Um, but that was a fun game against Texas Tech. 
we they, the pirates absolutely smoked them john moody did ask the owner now he's doing an ask the coach uh, he says coach what do we need to fine tune before the bowl did you answer that coach hey uh co- coach coach foe houston uh john moody has a question what do you need to fine tune before the bowl game? Well, we had to get in tune uh, with, with a lot of different things. Defensively, you know, we have to get in tune with with different reads, and, and uh, Holton's got to get in tune with his reads and and, and making good decisions as a, as a quarterback. Uh, but we have to, you know, uh, we have to just get in tune. We, uh, as you as we look back uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were not in tune with uh, Clayton Tune. Uh, as we could see, and we were really not in tune with EJ Warner, a uh, really good quarterback, a really hard nosed kid. But as we uh, try to find out the opponent, we have to get in tune with the uh, opponent. And uh, we're going to have a re- really good opportunity uh, coming up in December for these kids, these hard nosed, freaking fighting kids. <laughs> and, and they fight their freaking tails off. All right. and, and I love these thank kids. You, it's, it's a hard-nosed okay. bunch. Right. Coach, it's very hard-nosed. Hard-nosed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Freaking, we're going we're gonna to beat our freaking tails <laughs> off. Coach, we're giving you the rest of the day. How about this freaking pirates? <laughs> we're going to work our freaking tails off, hard-nosed. <laughs> Got them wound up yeah. here on a Monday. Yeah. Excitement time! <laughs> Excitement time! I guess Coach doesn't have a presser tomorrow. No, uh, they're off this week. Yeah, um, and kind of. I guess they'll kind of get back at it next week. Although he probably won't have. My guess is they'll do regular, like media, after practice, after practice media yeah. availability. Probably won't be an official press conference until the week of the before they go to the bowl game. So, yeah. but we'll have uh, media access next week also uh for those of you no players lounge today we're giving the guys also a week off and uh we'll kick back in next monday with uh ec players holt nailers and company and uh look forward to talking to all the guys isaiah winstead cracking a thousand was looking forward to talking to him about that we'll do that next week uh but pumped up for isaiah was excited. as now we have uh, i was really happy yeah troy's trying to do an isaiah winstead it's like yeah yeah it was good made some catches well earlier he was like yeah it was real country yeah. Yeah. he was like yeah he's like who am i yeah yeah i was, I was like who the hell are you <laughs> troy not a great uh charades impressionist guy oh i gotta work on him did you um man we mentioned ej warner a moment ago yes sir what a game mm. he had and uh yeah I thought it was awesome that he and Brian Bailey could shake hands at midfield. Oh, I know, fantastic. Well, Brian played such a good game too. He was he played <laughs> he, was, his, he shot his tail he off. He was out there. He he stood and watched. Which a guy his age, that's an accomplishment. Wow, he was really in tune with all his uh, <laughs> angles. Brian his Bailey was old. upset at me about that. Like I thought well, it was, he, I thought well, it was he, funny. He, I saw him at tiebreakers last night, and I said, I, I said I saw that in real time. I did, I said he's like. Yeah, but you didn't put it out there on the internet. I said, no, Bailey, I'd never do anything to harm you like that. <laughs> what is it harming? That, that clip rock mocking you. How would it be? I, mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah, hilarious. As well, here, here's my thing. The reason I didn't put it out is because I couldn't think of a witty caption like that. That was a good clip. You know? I, as Captain Bill would say, I mean, Brian Bailey looked a little salty. Yeah, he was upset with me today. So he looked a little salty. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Yeah. He should be happy for the exposure. I try to be equal opportunity about who I go after. I mean, I go after myself at times. So, yeah, I love Brian Bailey. You roast the ones you love, you know? That's, that's I mean, you would have thought you were talking about the Cowboys as upset as he was yeah. about it, you know? It wasn't even that bad. But he did get a chance to congratulate him on a great game. 
Um, Greg, Greg on YouTube says Troy the Peach Bowl was a was about as cold as it gets. Was it really? Was it that cold? Oh there? No, wow! I gotta be honest, man. Ooh. When I think about it, the Peach Bowl, I think of warm times, baby. <laughs> For some reason, I never felt like I was cold at the Peach Bowl. But it was a cold there was game. Probably was, something keeping you. It was warm. a cooler game. But it was not. It was a cooler game. <laughs> but I would not classify it as cold for whatever reason. I think because of the. But it was cold, right? I, I People was, were in like bundled up and stuff. I remember I was wearing a jacket. I had a jacket on. That doesn't matter what you were wearing. I'm saying the weather was cold. I don't cold usually that don't day. wear a jacket at games, is what I'm saying. So yes, it was a, it was a colder game, but that was the exception, not the rule. That's how good that team was back in 1991 in the January 1st, 1992, that they could overcome the cold clip and still beat states you know what all right that is the statement game right there that they could overcome the cold in the peach bowl and still win that was the exception all right uh greg says it was extremely cold at old and Fulton for County the Stadium. record i did not bring up the peach bowl this time i know that I, was that was not that me was greg. that was greg being brought up by you just like to clear the air on that as we reset the peach bowl counter Jonathan said, yeah, reset it. Uh, the Liberty Bowl the year we played Stanford was freezing. Uh, I, yes, it was. Every Liberty Bowl we've ever been to has been freaking the ice bowl. We won that one. It's been terrible, the Liberty Bowl, as far as the weather, how cold it's been. Uh, John says uh, Logan's last game, his pizza froze to his box. It was so cold. His pizza box. The, um, I think I remember the <laughs> – Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> The, the Conference USA Championship game in 09 was pretty cold that day. And that was a crappy weather game, too. Against the Cougs. Uh, let's take a break, Adam. We'll talk about Conference Championship games and the uh, the playoffs. Also, uh, the coaching carousel. Mike just sent me a tweet. Uh, Cade McNamara, quarterback, Michigan, has entered the transfer portal he said, here's ECU's starting quarterback for 2023, hashtag revenge tour. What if we have Michigan's old quarterback wild. against Michigan week one? Wow. Jeez, that'd be wild. All right, here, I just got this from a friend. This is coming in from Sports Illustrated. Oh, yeah. As they are predicting their bowls, which I will, I'm not opposed to this. How about an East? Oh, this is terrible, though. I don't know. They have Eastern Michigan against some school I've never heard of. Who is Eastern Carolina? Couldn't tell you. And this Jeez. was Sports Illustrated? This is Sports Illustrated. What a shame. At the Boca Raton Bowl. 7.30 kickoff, which I like on ESPN. What date is that? December 20th. What day is December 20th? That's what I need to check. Let me look. The 20th is a Tuesday. Eastern, Eastern Michigan versus, versus ECU. Eastern Carolina in the mouth of the Rat Bowl. How about how about this? How about East Carolina versus East Michigan? Why don't they ever make that mistake? Loser has to change their name. Either we'll be Eastern or they'll be East. <laughs> yes. Now that would mean something. Let's put some stakes on this. I'm baby. all in on that one. Uh, you know who wrote that article, by the way? I did a little digging today. Who? Dick Johnson. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. How appropriate. Dick Johnson. So good work by Dick Johnson. Or bad work. Man. Dick needs some work on He's that. He's had a rough life. His name's Dick Johnson. Maybe we should Think he got away. made fun of when he was a kid? I'm going to say yes. How about as an adult? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Would you not change your name or go by your middle name like as you got older? Or like, even if you go by Richard Johnson, I guess it's just Well, he goes by Richard. His yeah. name's Richard Johnson. Yeah, but wouldn't you go? He's got to have a middle name. Like Jimmy. <laughs> I, I don't want to say Go by it. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> I don't want to say his middle name. <laughs> 
It's crazy. I, I can't say it. Go ahead, say it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Tell me like. the break. I don't know this movie. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back university pc care has been pirate nation's go-to it experts since 2006 and they are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs let university pc care take care of it so you can take care of business Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock, Troy D here, Shirley Rhodes, Chan Man, Glenn Griffin. As a busy day today, got some Mike Schwartz audio we'll be giving you later on in today's program as the Pirates back home uh, coming up Tuesday night to take on south carolina state so east carolina a rare friday night in mingy's coming up seems like we don't get a lot of those friday night that's true taking on the campbell fighting camels yeah chris haymeyer and know. company gotta get over the hump that is well done we'll see if we can get haymeyer on the show later this week dude one of my favorite campbell jokes what are your others could be a double hump this year um it's got to be some with soup we could do too yeah uh it's it's on. It's the on. Soup's on. Okay. All right. We'll work on this off the. Was air. that supposed to be funny? <laughs> no, we're just this is we're just spitballing. We're gonna open up a can of. There you go. Tying up a bow on this. Uh, Troy said he would call the Peach Bowl a cooler game, not a cold game. Correct. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it was cold. Greg it looked it up. Cooler. He said uh, the high was forty six, low was thirty six, and it was windy. And uh, he said, that's cold to me. Just saying. Well, and, Troy, as, and as I said, if you want to call it a cold game, we can call it a cold game. And that is how great that team was <laughs> that was able to win. Come from behind dramatic fashion in cold weather. Troy does not think Mike Houston and this current team can win a cold weather game. I never said that. You're putting words in my mouth. Correct. But this team is yet to prove to me that they are a true cold weather team because I don't think we've had a true cold weather game yet. You know what they've proven to me? Or what they haven't proven to me? What's that? That they're not a cold weather team. I'm looking at it positively. You look at it negatively. So to you, you, feel, you feel this team's not a cold weather team. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. That's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> they they have not proven to me that they're not a cold weather team. Meaning, I think they can go out there and win no matter the conditions. Oh, you, I, I feel that it's possible, but they need to be. <laughs> it needs to be proven that they can do it in cold weather. All right. Yeah um craig needs your shirt with my pirate radio hat wait he needs oh you mean my hoodie yep with with whose hat my pirate radio hat uh well that's a uh washington as i like to call him commandos hat he's talking about my pirate radio hat that i'm not wearing oh you're not wearing today yep okay uh although we do have like we're kind of we got like the blacked out um look going today we did a blackout troy said he would agree to show up to the show uh on thursday we're doing a gold rush you know i'm not a big fan of that clip (laughs) 
or doing a I'd rather rush. go with the icy whites, quite honestly. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's that. Okay. Championship weekend. Do you care about this weekend in college football, Troy? Like, is it on your radar? Uh, <clears throat> it would be more if ECU was in the AAC championship. Obvious but to say. It's, you know. <sighs> okay, some, I'll take that as a no. Not really. So here's what's like, on tap. For whatever reason, I thought the games last weekend were more interesting. Friday night, and uh, I. Like, I, 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 Michigan, Ohio State was a more interesting game to me correct. than Michigan Purdue coming up. Agreed. So if you if you're gonna look at it that way, no, I don't <laughs> care about the Big Ten championship. I did find myself watching a lot of Big Ten Ohio State. I mean uh, Michigan Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I think Friday night is the game I am most interested in this weekend, and that would be Utah versus USC. USC has one loss this year. Yeah, that was to Utah, and they play with uh, USC. If they win, they're in. They're in the. Uh, the college football playoff that is friday night on fox saturday at noon can tcu keep it going here's a question what a story for you, by the way this is pretty uh pretty incredible so lincoln riley friday night garrett riley saturday what about noon. those two guys facing each other in the championship could happen could because could. you could have usc at three and them at four or however it's possible four and three so um at this point, I hope Michigan wins the whole damn thing. We've, yeah, we've I'd got love that. to. I'd love to play the reigning national championship. So champion. TCU, if they lose to Kansas State, should they be in the playoff? I think if TCU loses, they're out. That is a shame. I just feel they're being that punished be. for playing a championship game. Correct. Because you're going to put in a team that did not play in a championship game, right. most likely. Cor- correct. I'm just saying that's what I think it'll play out. I think they'll be punished. I do too, and I don't think that's fair. But and some of it may be how do they lose? Is it like really, really close? Maybe they could still skin by. But yeah. if they get like Ohio State looked bad in that loss against Michigan, they're out. In my opinion. Maybe. In my opinion. Maybe. But it wasn't like a close game. If USC loses and TCU loses, Ohio State's in. Way in. Now easy um, in. It's uh UNC's in the uh championship game. Yeah. Against uh, Clemson. Clemson. Now, I was busy with Thanksgiving this weekend. I didn't get a chance to see what happened with UNC lately. Um, I, I know they played, they had a big rivalry game against State. I know they played a couple of basketball games over the weekend. I didn't, I didn't know if you guys got a chance to see what happened or have the score update or anything on the Buccaneer school board for those. They, own, they lost one less football game than they did basketball games over the last few days. Oh, so they lost against State. They did. Oh, that stinks. Well, how are they doing in basketball? I know they were. They've lost two in a row. Two in a row. They just said oh, wow. they just made history today. Took the biggest fall of a number one team ever. How were they? Fall? Wait, tell me. Hold on. How far did they fall, Clint Brock? From number one to number eighteen. Wow. Wow. Seventeen spots. Wow. <laughs> Boy, they the stumbled down the staircase. Jesus. And Man. You know, I was at I AJ. I know we should not take so much joy in this. Man, let me tell you something. I don't care. I was at AJ's on Friday, and on one TV screen, I watched them lose in football, and it won't – 30 seconds to a minute later, I looked at the TV right beside it and saw them <clears throat> losing basketball. Within five minutes. Some are calling it the greatest Black Friday in the history. Oh, Black I Fridays. was loving it. How about NC State begins their season this year beating a rival – because the rival missed the field goal. And how about NC State ended their season beating a rival 
because the rival missed a chip shot field goal. Wow. You know, I hadn't thought about it like that, Clip, but you are absolutely right. So, yeah, they play amazing field goal defense. <laughs> they do. By just letting the other team they screw it up. the best field goal defense. And those are two games they probably should have lost. Correct. Yeah. So, State's record could really be atrocious. A lot of trash talk uh, in that one, too, because the quarterback, mm-hmm. Drake May, earlier this year said something to the effect of... You can't get in Carolina. Guys go to NC State because they couldn't get into North Carolina. Yeah. So, they had a lot of fun with that quote. Oh, after yeah. The game. I saw State planted the flag. <clears throat> yeah i like that stuff it's fine but like on the unc logo at the 50 yard line no nothing nothing's wrong with i think it's overblown that people get upset about it oh i was about to say i thought you didn't like it like who cares yeah it's been done a million times yeah and let me tell you in the history of me watching sports and let's talk about another i guess uh upset uh, south carolina going to death valley and beating clemson that's i have never I have never in my life seen an opposing fan base storm an opposing field like South Carolina fans did. They stormed Death Valley, and they planted the flag in the middle of the field. That was awesome. I, I thought, I that, thought was cool. that was awesome. I thought that was great. Um, Shane Beamer, what a huge win for him. Back-to-back big wins his against dad, top 10 teams. His dad was there to witness it. Um, Frank Beamer former legendary coach at Virginia Tech. I, I thought that was awesome that they stormed the field. Clemson does it every game anyway, normally. Yeah, that's right, every So I thought they flipped the script and did it on them. I didn't know they as did As long as you don't tear down the goalpost, I have no problem with people, you know, storming the field. Yeah, they, they stormed the field. I mean, it was a sea of South Carolina fans. As you would expect, South Carolina Gamecock fans, you know, showed up for Boy, that I bet Clemson you, game. I bet you there were some fights down in Death Valley, though. Those oh, two schools gosh. hate don't each other. Don't you know other. it. Don't and you know it. They are some, you know... Don't you know it? There's some backwoods folks down there too. Oh yeah, I bet you there were some fights like you wouldn't believe mm. leaving that game. <laughs> but Columbia, South Carolina, if you were to put a picture of Jesus Christ or Shane Beamer side by side, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference <laughs> because they are seeing him as that person today in Columbia. Back to back wins, top ten Tennessee. Spencer last Rattler week. is Jesus, a, Jesus is, Beamer. Spencer Rattler is uh, Noah. Yes, he's building the ark. <laughs> he's building the ark, and uh, yeah. Um, what else from this weekend? Oh, uh, well, first of all, we'll get to the coaching carousel in a moment. Mike P said, stop relishing in UNC's losing so much. It'll result in them winning the ACC championship in football this weekend. I, I'm trying. I'm containing myself, Mike. I could have done a lot more. A younger I, Troy D would have gone on and on about it. All I did was ask a question. How do they do? I, was, I wasn't necessarily relishing. I was just curious. And look, I'm not going to be surprised if UNC wins this I weekend. Clemson, Clemson is not, Clemson's not good. We, told it, we said it last week. Yeah, I've said it long before that. Yeah, like they, they're not good. As long as DJ Ugalele is their quarterback, they can lose any game. Clemson's on a fade right now. Ugalele. Ugalele. Yeah, I thought he said ukulele, too. Greg said Chandler must not have seen us storm NC Statesville back in 87. I was going to say that, no, but I, I didn't did want to bring well, it up. Well, you're right. because I was at that game. Chandler was negative 13 years old. <laughs> yes. I was a junior in high school back then and at that game when ECU fan. That was my first ECU game, And actually. I love that. I love that. I pulled for ECU over NC State because I always disliked State. And uh, that was my first experience with the ECU fan base, which I found to be a very fun and entertaining fan base. And I watched the game in the ECU section back then. I was probably, I'd say, probably 15, 16 years old. It was a great first experience to the Pirate Nation. Great moments. At that time, we were only Pirate Country. We were then we expanded to a nation? Yes. Interesting. 
Uh, here's an interesting question. I want to I want to turn it to if this happened to us. LZD says, "Will Tulane's coach Willie Fritz now as he is that a done deal that he is going to Georgia Tech? I believe it is at this point. I'm pretty sure it's a done deal now. Now some of these guys like now we saw the Cincinnati coach now Luke, Luke Fickle, Fickle has is, actually been introduced. He, he like he's gone. Like he's starting. There's a video of him getting off the the plane in madison right like he's not coaching and he's not going to coach cincinnati bowl the bowl game he's moved on two hours ago at willie fritz's press conference he said quote i'm the head coach of tulane proud to be the coach of tulane ready for the game saturday that's what i told see, the team this morning. here's where it gets complicated when these coaches start switching jobs now maybe he hasn't gotten the job yet clip and that's why um but these guys that do get the new job they've got to start working for the new team their new team because the national signing day is coming up very soon right so this the days i mean you remember when east carolina hired scotty montgomery and they let him coach in the bowl game up in uh, Uh, new york city yeah and they didn't get started which i thought was a huge mistake by the way if you're hiring a coach if i'm the ad if i'm the president if i'm a fan and we hire a new coach i want him working day one there's no it'll take a week or two go coach your old team no you want this new job, you come immediately. I thought that was the very first mistake they made with Scotty Montgomery. They didn't get him on boots on the ground immediately here. And we all know how that turned out. But I just thought that was the first of one of many bad decisions back then. You've got If you take a new job, you got to be gone. Go to the, the new job. You can't linger at the old place anymore. How about, so if it's uh, if Mike Houston is hired away from East Carolina. Gone. Uh, Even if we're playing in a conference, you wouldn't want him to be uh, the coaching. The no, AAC. you can't have a foot in both schools. Yeah, if you're ECU, I'm all in. Stay here. If you move on and you take a job wherever that school is, university is such and such, then that's your new school. Uh, I respect that. And you that let you let one of the you know you let Blake Harrell or someone else take the reins or Donnie or somebody be the interim coach for that game. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know if you want me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're ready to run me out of town I mean, right now. They're ready to fire me right now. <laughs> I, I, I we got breaking I, news according to the big dog. I thought we had a bonfire out back. Turns out it was people with uh, stakes and, and on flames on coming off their sticks there in the backyard. In there. I will say Donnie's one of the most likable coaches to talk to. Well, I agree with that. Donnie's hilarious. What's the breaking news? Oh boy, we have get, a new... Don't uh, get catfished. Well, yeah, <laughs> let's happening? make sure we're not catfished, but I'll say it anyway. We're not. And, and, and this is actually what has been expected the coaching carousel is happening right now it continues to happen because auburn is finalizing a deal to make hugh freeze their next head football coach and that is a cold take right there huge cold take they were going to make him head coach by hook or by crook (laughs) the deep cut for you hope you enjoyed that one folks i'll do lo- i still love that picture of him <laughs> in the hospital bed it's a, it's a huge that's a huge huge hire but it looks like uh yeah Hugh do you know you uh, you're damn right and he's heading to auburn all right breaking news Hugh freeze to auburn Hughes put the ice on nick saban he is back in the sec folks so uh and uh, what a terrible <laughs> way ladies to, of the night get ready what a terrible way to get out of liberty getting smacked by new mexico state over the weekend oh uh, yeah one foot out the door he knew he was going yeah he's gone and he's gone yeah 
All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number what, one. You asked me, where do you guys stand? If your coach gets hired away and there's still a bowl game, I mean, or do you let that coach coach, or do you say you um, need it? If I'm the school that's hiring, I want that coach to start right away. So that would yeah, yeah, rule yeah. it out anyway. But, but we're looking at it from the standpoint of I'm you with, don't have a head coach. Right, Your coach at, just got hired away. I look at it as then he's distracted anyway. We're not going to get the best version of him. He's distracted. Listen, Maybe the players are I distracted a, knowing he's going to I'd, I'd do a play. I'd let Holt Nailers and uh, the players decide, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately, it won't work like that, but I, I respect on that. If the, on if the coach could stay? On if they want him to coach the bowl game or not. Well, I guess the coach wouldn't really care if, what they If the AD doesn't let him and all the, coach wanted him, uh, all the players wanted him to, that would piss all them off. I still think the way this day and age with college football national signing period is, these schools making these hires want them working immediately. I know, I know. So We're it's taken. About- I know. So it's taking that option off the table. Yeah. Of whether it used to be, it guys could kind of work it out like a Scotty Montgomery. But well, right. Well, Willie Fritz is apparently still going to coach Tulane. And if I, if I was the Tulane AD, I'd say hit the road. Right. We, don't, we don't need you. We don't want you. Get on out of here. Pack your bags. All right, we're back with more after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswearenc.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, boy, this December, January, um, going to be full of coaching carousel news and also player carousel news when it comes to the transfer portal. But already a lot going on in the American. The Cincinnati move won't affect us because – Cincinnati is heading to the Big 12, but Luke Fickle taking the Wisconsin job. So now Cincinnati has to make a hire. Uh, another couple other changes. Uh, Willie Fritz looks like he's on his way to Georgia Tech, but he still will coach the team in their American Championship game in New Orleans this weekend. Um, but Coach Mo has been fired. Philip Montgomery came in the same year as Scotty Montgomery to the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And uh, he has been relieved of his duties. And uh, he was the refresh my memory. Uh, it was wide receiver. Wait, what? Wait, refresh my memory. Philip Montgomery got oh, fired as the head coach. He got of me. Tulsa. He got me on that. My bad. Yeah, I wasn't he trying called, to get anybody. He got me. You you thought he was talking about Scotty? Yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. thought he got fired by the Colts? Yes. Oh, yes. Now that, and now Scotty Montgomery is with the Colts. He's coaching tonight on Monday Night Football. What is uh, his position with the Colts again? Running, running backs. backs running backs. That's it. Yeah. Running backs. Uh, Philip yeah. Montgomery, by the way, you tricked um, me when you said Coach Montgomery. Philip Montgomery, unlike Hugh Freeze, goes out with a bang. He actually uh, they beat Dana. They beat Dana Holgerson at Houston. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets fired. Uh, Houston player slapped a uh, Tulsa player after the game. So they continue their their classy slap behavior. a hurricane, slap a cane. <laughs> uh, has South Florida made a hire? 
No, but I so. you know who I think would be great for that job, and I don't want to. I don't want to see him get him because he'd instantly make them a national factor, and I, he he yes. would know how to recruit. I know state. you're going to say, but why would he go there? He go, <sighs> I, he's I, I agree. I think it's he's almost too big for that job. Why would he go to Colorado? Uh, I don't You're think talking he will. about Deion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Primetime Deion Sanders. Prime time. I think you know if he if he took first of all South Florida will probably pay him whatever he wants. I mean that's a, a big time. I mean their school was what fifty thousand students. I mean their athletic budget is huge. Um, he lo- he he knows the state of Florida well. He would go there just He's to compete there. with Florida, Florida State. Yes, Miami. and he would. That show. would be awesome. He would. I'm telling you, it, he would dominate the state of Florida. How pissed would those Florida? They would be get? mad. They're very nervous right now. Now I now I kind of want him to go there. How cool would it be to yeah. see him on the side? Well, that's what I said. I, he's yeah. the type of guy. He comes here with South Florida. That's an instant. That many more thousands of fans that just want to see Deion Sanders. I agree. Person. Yeah. I mean, he he's, he will sell tickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like you won't I, know I, any I, of their players. I, I remember when Michael Jordan played minor league baseball. Nobody went because the, the the Mudcats were there. They went to go see when Jordan face played the Mudcats with the Barons. I believe he was with. It was max capacity because everybody wanted to see Jordan. He's that type of coach and personality that people would want to come out and see. And this is a much lesser level, but like I bet people bought tickets to see Penny Hardaway last year sure. when Memphis came, or even Larry Brown, like when he was the SMU coach. I, Patino, when he I was remember Patino's first time. That was a big deal. Yeah. Rick Patino is going to be in Minji's in Greenville. That was part of the selling point of that game. Yeah. And it, you know it was a it was a big deal to have Rick Patino in Greenville. Yeah, and ECU beat him. But awesome. Dion's going to be at some big time school. It's yeah. only a matter of time. There was some Dion to Colorado talk. Yeah, uh, I just don't see him being a fit well, there. Well, no, apparently Colorado offered him really the job, him. and he admitted that that was true. Now, I don't think he's going to accept it, the job. I think he's using it as leverage well, for something yeah, else. That's what he should do. And yeah. that's uh, this is just from a couple day, days ago. But Brett McMurphy said Deion Sanders, as you just said, Shirley, he was offered the Colorado job. Sanders also interviewed with South Florida, TCU, and Colorado State the past two seasons. So that hasn't hmm. happened this year, but it's happened maybe last off season. Yeah, and I've but heard he's Deion been in say talks with these, with these that schools. If the times, you know, he's never ruled out leaving Jackson State. He said if if it happens, it happens. He's not worried about it. you know, but he's not denying that he won't. Yeah. So I think it's just got to be the right fit for him. And good for him. I think but, every coach should speak that way these days because I mean every job is a stepping stone at this point. He, he's done an amazing job at Jackson State, and I tell you, th- this guy he's going to get a Power Five job. There's no question about it. It's just a, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when and when he wants it, and which which is the right fit, as I said for him. And wherever he goes, he will make them a national power. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. This guy's a transformational type coach. Yeah, and again, like, and he was one of the best, maybe the best corner of all time. Yeah. I mean, he knows football, but what he lacks in X's and O's because he's not an experienced coach. That's what his coordinators are for. Yes. That's what his assistants but, but are but for. But what he can do in recruiting, he does all the other selling. Stuff. He, I would put him up there if he gets the oppor- the right opportunity. He'll be right up there with Nick Saban, with Lincoln Riley, as far as a national factor in a hurry. Yeah, where he could come in in a year and turn a program around. Yeah, I, I believe that much in what he's doing. I mean, he has made it cool to go to Jackson State and yes. play football, and uh, and and good for him. And, and he's got every celebrity in the country dying to be a part of whatever he's doing. He's got sponsors dying to be a part of whatever he's doing. 
Um, and he, I love... He has the it factor. I love the big boys being like, well, what are they paying their players there at Jackson State? Like, they haven't been paying right. players Stop since it. the dawn of time. That is like, that's disgusting. okay for us to do. Yeah. But when th- y'all shouldn't be able to do that. How like, dare you do I that? I love that. I know. Love it. All right. Um, anything else before we wrap it up, Troy D? No, I think we're, we've covered a lot of ground. And this has gone by quickly, Clip. Uh, we won't get into NFL much with you. I know. I, we made it through playoffs, an hour without NFL talk, and I wasn't upset about it. If the playoffs started today... We are not in the hunt. The commanders are in. On the end. Congratulations, line. by the way. What are t- I was. I got to be honest, though. I was really disgusted by the uh, Sean Taylor uh, memorial that they did, the tr- the statue. Like, it's, what did they do? It's doing? not a statue. It's not, I know. But I thought it looked like something, you know... A, a seventh grader put together the night before a project was due like could they not do something classy i saw an interview with his daughter today and she she talked about how he wore soccer cleats like that and how they were emotional about it so but from my standpoint and from everybody else's standpoint it just it looks like they're just using his name to i mean it was it was a joke it was a mannequin uh, yeah it was a mannequin. with a nike jersey and reebok pants and I don't know. It, it, Adidas cleats. Right. It, it, it looked thrown together like a Dick Sporting Goods mannequin. Right. It did. Well, now I, I, I would have been cool if they wanted to do a statue of him out front. That's yeah. Do that. That like they did of uh, what's Arizona? Like they did for uh, Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman. They should have done a statue for Sean Taylor. Well, there's then. statues everywhere. I mean, no. Uh, but I'm saying if you're gonna honor him, do it the right way. That yeah. It just it's a classic Dan Snyder crap. I just thought it looked very bush league for an NFL team. And it's back to back years that this has happened. Yeah. Somewhere, Last year they did like trashy. a two day warning of we're having Sean Taylor Day. Yeah. Like while the team was sucking and while there was bad news about Snyder. Oh, and we're, we're just like, going to spray paint 21 hey. on the sideline. Yeah. And we're going to let Jackson Mahomes dance on him. Correct. I mean, yeah. I'm, I, look, football team's playing great. That's what I guess. Now, now, now if, let me ask you this hypothetical. They go to the playoffs. If the Washington, formerly known as the Redskins team, goes to the Super Bowl this year, do you change your opinion on Dan Snyder? No. If they win the Super Bowl, do you change your opinion? Does You know what? This guy got us a Super Bowl victory under his leadership. He didn't do that. Dude, I, I can't cut. Why he owns it. Would you change your opinion? Are you stupid? Nah. You're not stupid, Troy. I know you're not stupid. I know. I'm just asking if they won a Super Bowl, why he owns No! What has nothing to do with him? No. What, what about your previous ownership? Would you, I Dan mean, Snyder could walk in and give me, a, you know, a thousand bucks, a million bucks, <laughs> and I wouldn't change my opinion of him. All right, Clip. I'd accept the money, but I'd still think he's a trash person. All right, what were you asking about the Bears' previous ownership? Well, like, I know y'all want a Super Bowl with them. It's still the same ownership. It's uh, the granddaughter of George Hallis is running the team. Do you, are you satisfied with that ownership? Uh, not currently, no. I, I don't think she's a bad person. I just think she's out of touch. She's like 95, 96 years old. And it's uh, just the family It's thing. empowered the wrong people. Yeah. The GM is clueless. Not the CEO, the, the new GM. The jury's out. Wait, do you really think that if the if Washington makes a run, which they could, and wins the Super Bowl, like 
I think some. We should celebrate. I think Dan some Snyder. Commander fans would feel differently. Well, we won a Super Bowl. Let's not change anything. You would be excited to win that Super Bowl, but would you feel bad that Dan Snyder would? Have no, I'm, I'd be happy for Rivera and the players. Right, but if you're watching that post game and you see Dan Snyder hoisting that trophy, would it make you feel sick? No, no. I would be too happy to worry about that. You would I, just be like, all right, okay. Look I mean, they they'd win in spite of him. I mean, we just. Well, I mean, he did. You got to give the guy credit. He brought. He hired the coach that then won the Super Bowl. He also made an awesome mannequin of Sean Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wow. was just running a scenario. If there was any scenario, <laughs> no, because there's no better scenario than winning the Super Bowl. That's no. as good as it gets if you're a Washington fan. Yeah. So if you win the Super Bowl. And that doesn't change your opinion, then it's time for him to go, is my point. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Go out on top, Danny boy. I was about to say, now win the, the value, Super Bowl and sell the team. The value of the team would be tremendous. What a great way to sell the team after a Super Bowl championship. And in the NFL clip, if you're in the playoffs, crazier stuff's happened. That is a possibility. Look at those crap Giants teams that beat Brady twice. I know. They were wild. And the value I, of I'm your franchise serious. goes up. You have a legit chance if this team comes together and plays good down the stretch here. As good as anybody right now. All right. I, look, yeah, I'm happy. Don't try to make me like Dan Snyder. That's not going to happen. Okay. Not on my no, I, I think the guy's a piece. I agree do, with you. Do you remember I, the day, Clip? Do you remember the day he, where you said, okay, I don't have any respect for this guy. I do not like this guy. I hate this guy. I loathe this guy. Do you remember the day that happened? Not the day, but it was early to mid-2000s when he had his buddy as GM. And it just, yeah, that was it. That was about that. So it's been a while. It's been Been uh, almost 20 years. Is he he still actively trying to sell the team? Because that was uh, headlines a few weeks ago. He stays out of the news. I haven't heard much about it. I did find it interesting that this picture of um, Jerry Jones from the 60s got released by the Washington Post. Yeah, well, it was Jerry doing... He was like a 14-year-old kid. And oh, he was at a rally or something? There was No, there was a group of children like preventing a black students from going into the school. And yes, Jerry Jones right. is kind of off to the side. Junior, yeah. right? Or old man Jerry Jones. In the, yes, yeah. Chandler. Wow. Yeah, as a kid, yes. And, I, and, and, and he said, I don't know what I was doing there because I was just a kid. No, he didn't say that. I thought that's what he said. He actually, he said he was a bystander. Yeah, bystander that's what I yeah. meant. But he wasn't like actively participating. He was just seeing what was going on. Sure. I mean, he was pretty forthcoming. That, like, yeah, that was me. I was, yeah. Is that uh, his glory hole days? That was his glory hole days. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, there it was. I th- I thought glory those, hole. <laughs> I thought those were in the 90s. Just ironic. I want me some glory hole. I know, Jerry. You will not Calm have down. none of my glory hole. That comes out in the Washington Post. Like where did Dan, Dan Snyder is? Is that like now the Washington Post is owned? Snyder by, hates the Washington Post. Is owned by Amazon, I believe. Yeah, I, it's it's not. It's just a coincidence. Yeah, but it was interesting nonetheless. He hates the Washington Post too, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising. I it did not. Any, I will say this: it did not hurt Jerry. I think they put it out there trying to damage him. I don't think it did. Yeah. Who was like a story for one day? And it's gone. Damage him. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely like a hit job. But mm. it didn't. Uh, didn't do much for him yeah all right uh troy enjoyed it clip good, good seeing talk. you good discussion I'll, uh reconvene with you on thursday maybe we'll have some uh i don't know some bowl thicker rumors like uh maybe something maybe not to report but maybe the could, speculation will grow by could, the, could it heat up even more by, by the thursday time we talk thursday or the 
Um, it's intensely hot. Yeah. The rumor mill. Or, or could it be announced by then? Could be. Unofficially. Right. Because I still think, my guess is it'll be official on Sunday. We're going to have to wait for the shows and everything. Yeah, but will, show. It, will it leak out ahead of time is the question. All right, good stuff. Let's uh, take a break. When we return, we'll talk uh, some pirate hoops with Cy Seymour. Look, listen. We're going to look. We're going to listen. Hey, buddy. Buddy. Come on, buddy. Buddy. Who we got? Hey, now, listen, buddy. We got South Carolina State. The clip, they're not a good team. That He'll never say that. <laughs> he said something I recorded. Have they won a game yet? Let's take a look. They play in a tough I heard this morning they tough, are 0 and 7. Tough league. They haven't had a they have not played a home game now, yet. Now, if he says South Carolina State's a good team, I'm calling BS on that. All right. This is not a good team. They're Don't winless. say they're a good team. South, be honest once. South Carolina State is a bad team. They lost to South Carolina by three. Since then, they've lost by 19, 25, 43, 6. 31 26. They Good play hard. Gracious. They fight. Sai, I recorded People put uh, a positive spin on this. I recorded this interview at 11, so I've already done oh, the did, did he say they're a good team? I don't think he did. Okay. But he did say. They're not biased, Cliff. <laughs> Their record doesn't indicate <laughs> how good these guys are. He took it a whole nother level. This it was not about the, a team. He said the refs are doing a better job than they've ever done before, Troy. The refs. <laughs> The refs. No, he did. Yes, he oh did. Oh, my God. Tune in. The refs have never done a better job. Wow, he doesn't even talk bad about the refs. No, and these guys, it's and everybody. And they're good kids. They're what, what type of medication is Cy on? Because he's the happiest guy in the world. We need some of that. Maybe it's natural. I don't know. They had their problems last year, Clip. And, and they really, in the offseason, they've went out, they've worked, they've done a good job, and they have really done a better job this year, Clip. He, he likes what they're the refs are doing. They're doing great this year. The refs. <laughs> I, I they deserve a raise. Who are you talking about? Uh, si, ECU, uh, t- uh, Tulane, someone in our conference? No, no the refs. The refs. The refs. <laughs> I saw uh, Ramey Steins getting chewed out by Bill Self oh, in the awesome. uh, Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, now that's the content I'm looking for, Clip, if you could put that on. Where is that? Is I that would like to see that. Cancun or something? I don't know. I can't remember where it's at. But uh, Ramey got a nice trip uh, for that one again this offseason. Bahamas season. trip? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to Cy when we return. Troy, we'll see you Thursday. Back after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor Program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation. And GUC matches all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor Program. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Alrighty, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live on a m- 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 Monday. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, 
Let's head out to the Pit Electric Live Line. Talk some pirate hoops with Cy Seymour. He is the color analyst on ESPN Plus broadcast. So two chances to see Cy and hear from Cy. If you're not going to Minji's this week, you can check him out uh, Tuesday night when the Pirates take on South Carolina State and Friday night when they play Campbell. And he joins us now on PRL. Cy, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Cliff. I hope you're doing fine. Yes, sir. Doing great. Uh, Commander's doing great. We got some Pirate basketball wins to talk about, so uh, life is good. Life is good. The Commander's are on a roll. I'm with you. And and the Pirates are playing well in basketball. Got a big win Friday also. So it's a good, good time. All right, so we got two games coming up this week uh, in Pirate Hoops. We've got uh, a few wins to talk about, and the first road game of the year did not go the Pirates' way. But, Cy, I haven't talked to you since East Carolina uh, played those games down in Florida, and Igo and I were talking about this, and uh, and you pulled up the numbers too. The last time East Carolina went to one of these tournaments, these uh, holiday Thanksgiving tournaments, and uh, were able to win more games than they lost. And uh, you got to go all the way back to the early to mid-2000s when they went to Raleigh and knocked off Oregon State and Pepperdine to start the year before losing to NC State. Uh, but East Carolina goes uh, goes out. They lose to Indiana State, then comes back, uh, beats Toledo, and then uh, picks up a third win, uh, another win, a second win in their third game of that tournament side. Just impressive to see this team, uh, this young team, this inexperienced team play that well away from Minji's Coliseum for the first time. Yeah, I think it's really impressive, especially to beat uh, Toledo. I thought I thought the Toledo win, that's a highly ranked team in the RPIs and, and has has a strong veteran team coming in. And, and you know, you got to look at ECU, what they did to beat that ball club. Uh, Javon had, you know, 24 and RJ had 14. And Brandon had a double-double, those kind of guys. But I think when you look up, you know, the other guys are stepping up way they knew to. Jaden came in and got 12. They're transferred from Ohio to Iowa State. That's a big day for him. So uh, they're getting it from different people, uh, and, they, and they win that basketball game, and that's a tremendous win for the ECU program. Uh, really impressed with it. And then, of course, that last day you, you get another win, and, and what stands out in that one is uh, tabs. It, it, it tabs gets 16 points in 21 minutes. So that, that tells you something there. That's, that's a good day, three or five from three. Uh, and, and he's a young man that is still is still ahead of schedule but not there yet but playing pretty darn well. So, And, and I tell you, the guy that kills me is the little guy. He's unbelievable <laughs> what he can do. He just – LeCount is just all over. Caleb does a good job. I think Quentin DePonche is playing better. So I think there's a lot of things going on for ECU right now in basketball. We've seen, uh, we've talked about this side, but the, I don't know, the coming out party for Javon Small, uh, his sophomore year, what he's been able to do, uh, not just, you know, scoring and uh, filling up the stat sheet with uh, rebounds and assists, but uh, the, him as a leader side and, and how vocal he is on the court and, and kind of talked about it last week that he, you know, played second fiddle to Tristan Newton last year, played second fiddle to Ty Ty Washington before coming to East Carolina. So maybe it's the first time he's been able to to be the man, and boy, he has embraced that uh, this year for East Carolina so far. Well, see, what you said, think about what Tristan's doing right now. I mean, let's yeah. win last night, win the tournament out there in Oregon, uh, and and he he's averaging uh, 12 and a half. He's rebounding at five. He's their leading assist guy. And UConn's going to be ranked very high, and it's Tristan leading the way. So 
you're sitting behind a great player and having to guard a great player every day. And so the good thing is he just can ca- ca- uh, carry it on and, and, and give credit to Coach Schwarz and, and the staff. They, they give credit for hard work from Javon. But what I like about the coaching staff is they let these guys go. They let them play hard. If they get an open look, they take it. Uh, there's no pressure, and, and they're responding. Javon is just playing unbelievable. Talking to Cy Seymour, he joins us. You can hear him on the call on ESPN Plus for Pirate Home Games uh, this season when they're on ESPN Plus. And Cy, East Carolina hit the road on Saturday night for the first time, first true road game. Hung with Old Dominion for a half, down by one point, and then got away from them in the second half. And the Pirates uh, just poor shooting on the night for East Carolina, 16 of 51 from the field, 6 of 28, 16 turnovers. Kind of looked like a team playing their first true road game of the year. Uh, Si, that one got away from them the other night against Old Dominion. There are a couple things here, and I'm going to use an example of what I did crazy one time. I decided to play to save money. I would go on the road and play three conference games, two conference games and one non-conference. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, okay? I played uh, uh, up in Petersburg, Virginia, and got and won. Then the next day I played in Newport News. We won. We played well at Craven. And then the third day I said, well, we're going to go across the state and we're going to play Ferrum for the third conference game. And it's supposed to be a good ball game. And this was over scheduling. We get in there and we lose by 40. And you know why? They didn't have any legs. Ferrum was sitting there waiting on us and – they had not played all weekend. We had played Friday night on the road in Petersburg against uh, Richard Bland, and then we played at Newport News Apprentice on, on Saturday. And then Sunday, at, at an afternoon game, played Ferrum, and they were ranked in the country, and we got crushed. It was supposed to be a really close game because I scheduled wrong. Well, in this case, ECU played four games in six days all on the road. Now, not necessarily at home, but not sleeping in your bed and you were on the road. And I think probably not anybody's fault. This was a, probably a contractual game with ODU because they played in Greenville last year. So you play four games in six days, and the last game is, is a really strong team who has a tremendous history at their place. The other thing is they had not played since Sunday. They had played Davidson the Sunday before. Hmm. So they had all week, all week to get ready for ECU. ECU had one day. Because you had Thursday, uh, you get back on Wednesday night. You had Thursday's Thanksgiving, and you had Friday travel day. So you, you were probably somewhere in there and looking at film. So I don't, I don't really count that against them as much as that was a tough spot to be put in. And I thought the kids gave all they could. They were they were right there at the half, but they finally gave out. And uh, I, I don't even I look at that game as you did the best you could in a tough situation. Cy Seymour joining us, former coach, and uh, and how about what Coach Schwartz does, Cy, with these guys now? I think you you bring up a great point there, uh, certainly. But now, uh, Tuesday, Friday uh, this week, and then next Tuesday as well. So you know, more, the three games in a week coming up. Basically, South Carolina State at home Tuesday night, Campbell uh, on Friday night, and then uh, next Tuesday at UNCW back on the road. So what does Mike Schwartz do different when you have stretches like this side practice? I mean, you, you want to work them. You want to uh, make sure they're, they're getting their work in. You 
you also don't want to wear them out. So what is what is a week like when you've got three games in a week when it comes to practice and, you know, the time away from the actual games? Well, the, the other part is you're at the end of the semester. I mean, so you've got to deal with that also. Uh, that, that's the thing. When you when you go over two grade periods, it's very difficult. Basketball is the only one does that, I mean, on the major level. you you got to get – grades have to get through, do the right thing there. That's, that's, that's in this whole – last two weeks of December. The other part is, uh, once you lose, you don't change your schedule. You, you don't panic here. They're playing great. I, I feel like ECU's ahead of schedule. I, I can't believe – I'm so excited about what he's doing with his ball club. I'm talking about Coach Schwartz and that staff. They're getting it done. Don't panic. Just keep doing what you're doing. They'll look at a lot of film. They'll do a lot of walkthrough, but they'll go hard. They'll go hard one day, and then they'll – get ready, and they'll be ready to play tomorrow. So they probably worked hard yesterday or, or today, but they'll be ready tomorrow when they go in. Remember, they are at home, so that makes a big difference. And then and then you finish that one, then you've got, you know, you'll be ready to go uh, against uh, Campbell because you've got Wednesday, Thursday, and then you'll be ready to go. But they're home, and that makes a major difference, and, you're not going to Wilmington until uh, Monday, so you've got the weekend to get them ready and look at that. you got Saturday, Sunday, and then you travel Monday. But they've been in their beds. They've been at home. Uh, but it's a tough schedule. Make no bones about it. Campbell's got a good ball club. They'll come in ready to play. South Carolina State hadn't won, but this time of year is nuts for basketball teams. It just is. And Coach Schwartz is in the thick of a tough time, and he can win these games. If he can win some of these games coming up, I, so far, he's he, he's ahead of where I thought he would be with wins and losses with the schedule he had. To beat Toledo down there was a major win. And then to win two out of three down there was a major win. To come back to ODU would have been, like, my goodness, unbelievable. And they were almost tied at half. So he he's doing all he can do right now with a young team, and he's getting it from different, different players. And I, I look up, and like I said, Jaden Walker gets you 12 that day. Uh, against Toledo, that's a big deal. Uh, Javon Small getting you consistent play, Tabs getting you 16. And you know who's really done a good job? Brandon Johnson. I mean, he's had double doubles throughout this thing. RJ's played well. The guys at the back have played well. But the other day, Brandon just ran out. We had one guy in double figures. ECU had one player in double figures mm. today, and it was Javon. And uh, just one of those days, you shoot 31% and 21% from three. 21% from three is your legs. Yeah. An indicator right there. That's your legs. And that goes back to playing that many games in a row. They'll be rested. They'll be ready to play Tuesday. And they'll be ready to play Friday. Those are games you get. And they'll be ready. it's enough of a gap between them and two of them are at home. Yeah, Pirates have been perfect at home so far this season. They'll try to keep that rolling coming up this week when East Carolina takes on South Carolina State Tuesday night and Campbell on Friday night. Seems like we don't get a lot of Friday night hoops in Menji's Coliseum, so that'll be fun to welcome in the Camels coming up on Friday. So I always ask you this early in the year. Have you seen uh, an emphasis on anything officiating-wise? Are there seems like every year – officials go into a season and they're saying all right let's keep a closer eye on this uh, moving screens for example or hand checking or things like that anything for this season you've noticed with the the calls officiating so far in games so far i haven't seen anything that's out of the ordinary i will tell you this clip officiating is the best it's ever been and and i know people don't think that but let me tell you something these guys work hard and 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 i'm Last year at Memphis, or two years ago at Memphis, 
I don't know what it was. We had COVID. We have everything. Anyway, the guy that graded officials was sitting beside me on the scores table. Every call that is made, he's looking at it. Who made the call, and was it questionable? Then, at, then you've got the rebound plays coming up, and and so when you think you're getting it uh, a tough job, it's really you. Really, they really don't mean to do it. These guys are calling. They talk to the coaches. Coach Schwartz is really good with officials. I mean, he's he's good with talking to them. And, and uh, one of them said after a game to uh, one of our administrators, "This guy's going to be really good here. He's a he's a treat to work for, uh, work a game for." And that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So my point is, officiating. I've learned that these guys give you everything every night out, and if they don't. They get they get graded on it, and uh, and the replay helps them. It, it doesn't hurt them. It helps them. I was watching the North Carolina game with Alabama. Those guys did a great job. There were cl- calls at the end that could have gone either way. Some went for Alabama. Some went with North Carolina. But they got it right, and th- and I think that's all coaches want is to get it right, and that's what happened. So I don't see anything crazy so far. They are, they're they're. Uh, they're all they're calling the closely guarded or in his space. You know they're doing that, but not any more than anything else. Uh, I, no, nothing big, nothing big that I've seen. So I see more joining us. Uh, Ramy Steins must be doing good. He got that uh, awesome trip to the uh, the battle for Atlantis again. I saw Bill Self chewing him out on TV the other night. Si. So <laughs> he got a good assignment anyway. You know, to me, uh, to, to me, Ramy Ramy's one of the top officials. Yeah, you know why he's in that game. Because he can take it, he can he can take it. He can talk to guys. He if he gets upset, it's very rare. If he gives you a technical, it's deserved. <laughs> he 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 calls a game the way it's supposed to be called. And if you see a guy like that hit you with a technical, he's giving it to you all night. He's warned you fifteen times. Don't do that. <laughs> so my point is, that's why he gets those games. He's one of the top top officials. Yeah, and. And we're fortunate. We have a lot of good good officials that we see come into into Menji's. And when I see him, uh, listen, when Kersey was in it, now he's the head of the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. When Brian Kersey was in it, I knew it was going to be a good game. I knew it was going to be called well. I didn't ever worry about it. And 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 he's been rewarded for it. And uh, I, and and these guys like that when they walk in your gym, and I look at them first. That's the first thing I look at is the crew. And I'm telling you, you don't see many. They don't mean to be bad. They just may be young, but all of them are pretty darn good now. Sassy so Seymour joining us. Pitt Electric Live Line, East Carolina home this week. Coming up uh, Tuesday night against South Carolina State on ESPN Plus Campbell on Friday night. So you'll be able, if you can't make it to the game in Menjis, uh, here, Cy on the call on ESPN Plus. Cy, uh, boy, what a week it was last week for college basketball with all the tournaments going on, Feast Week. And we saw North Carolina uh, lose a couple of games. Uh, we saw, uh, you know, Duke uh, get blown out uh, by Purdue. So we've seen Gonzaga fall already this year. So just about everybody, there's somebody keeps up uh, with the undefeated teams. And I, we're down to the teens, uh, believe it or not, like in all of college basketball. Uh, teams across the country are losing uh, at a rate uh, I don't think we've seen. And we've talked about some of those reasons why. And namely, you, you always bring it up every chat we have. Everybody's got players now, right? everybody's got players. The other thing is replay. You don't get taken on the road. I'm serious. I really mean good games. 
you don't get taken anymore. Every game you play is well officiated. That's a big deal. Now, the crowd can come in and make the difference, make their team push a little bit harder. I think that's a factor. And it's like I said, you know, it's like football. You know, you started this stuff with three bowl games or four or five bowl games when there were 150 million people in the country. There are now 300 million people in this country. Expand the playoffs. It's something with basketball. There's so many good players and it only takes five. I keep saying and people jump me every time, go from 64 to 128. It's a third of the field. That's a third of the field that are playing basketball. That's 33%. Football takes about 70% of the bowl games. 70, 42, 84 teams out of 130 go. And, and, and I, I don't, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying basketball should have a tournament that, that is well represented by all of them. It's, and it's not that kind of type. Of, it's not like football. You can play two games a week yeah. and get, that, get it down. So my point is, and then you don't argue as much. I mean, get them in there. Let them play. This, these are really good basketball teams, and there's enough of them that are good. That, that, like you said, the one thing I'm saying right now, you know what I like? Houston should be number one in the country, and that's from the Americans. Mm. It's our league. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even uh, hadn't thought about that with North Carolina falling a new number one, and uh, certainly, uh, yeah, I guess it will be Kelvin Sampson's guys uh, with uh, the way they're looking so far this year. Well, Cy, uh, a little football before we let you go. Uh, where are the Pirates going to go bowling? What do you think? Uh, East Carolina finishing seven and five this year. I'm glad they got the win. That was a tough one, though. You, you <laughs> stand watching this kid's eating you up. I mean, this Warner kid, Kurt Warner's son, just throwing the devil out of him. Played really well. But ECU stuck with it, got two big stops at the end. I mean, really good job by the Pirates and uh, get the win and, and so happy for them. And I, I'm thinking, I don't, well, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I would think maybe north to Boston or south to Myrtle Beach. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know a thing about it. Uh, I, I'm thinking my commanders may be in the Super Bowl, but other than that, I mean, that's the big one. They're just running over the league right now. If the playoffs started today, the red-hot Washington commanders uh, who have the most wins since week seven, I want to say, week six, week seven, uh, they would be in. Actually, we'd play our old buddy Kirk Cousins uh, if the playoffs started today, Sai, but I don't care who we play. I just want to get there. And two huge games coming up with the Giants, one of them coming up on Sunday, back-to-back games with the Giants with a bye week in between. So uh, I tell you what, Sai, it's exciting to uh, to be excited about our team this late in the year going into December. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be December. Yeah. It's hard to believe. It's going to be December. We're still in it. <laughs> These don't come around very often, so we're going to no. we're going to enjoy this. Yeah. Cy, uh, great to talk with you, man. We'll see you uh, Tuesday night in Menji's Coliseum. Cy Seymour will be there on the call on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, always enjoy the chat, Cy. Right back at you, Cliff. Enjoy it, Cliff. And let's, let's look. Stay with this ball club from ECU. They're going to, have a, they're going to get better and better. All right, looking forward to seeing them uh, coming up on Tuesday night at Menji's Coliseum. Uh, Chandler, we good? Section 213, you uh, you rolling on Tuesday? I'll be there, buddy. Buddy. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, looking forward to that and a Friday night date with the Campbell Fighting Camels. I need to get up with uh, Chris Haymeyer, see if we can get him on the show for a Camels report. Uh, planning this Thursday to talk to Grey Cup champion Deshaun Amos, former Pirate DB. I uh, just want to break up with the Argonauts and 
uh he says uh he can chat with us on thursday on the show so looking forward to that and even though he lost i do believe we should talk to the greatest offensive lineman <laughs> in canadian football history stanley Bryan. yeah we need uh jeff charles has had him on from the booth uh countless times at this point we need a uh once he hangs it up a career retrospective i want to podcast jeff charles and uh stanley Bryan. oh god that would be one-on-one. amazing that would be awesome um hall of famer uh future cfl hall of famer stanley Bryant. two hall of famers right there stanley and, Bryant uh, and jeff charles and how about deshaun amos who has uh been an all-star in the cfl and is now a champion starting to put together a nice resume up there in canada it's good to see those guys that you remember especially when i was a little bit younger uh playing here at east carolina still playing in some sort of aspect of, of the game and Deshaun, I remember every time I hear his name, I think about that pick six that he had against Tulsa, or he just took it to the house. I believe it was to end the game. I think the the game ended on uh, zero seconds, and he took it like 102 yards to the house. So. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Hour two of Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions Uh, david price construction the proud ecu home services partner call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com now let's head back into prl here's cliff hi back with you pirate radio live here on a victory monday victory monday for the pirates the commanders my dolphins yeah they were your dolphins in the second half when they didn't score they were our dolphins in the first half and chandler honeycutt's carolina panthers a winner too keep pounding baby that was a great example yesterday of shirley of the the line between our dolphins and shirley's dolphins they a were tale all, of two halves they were all yours in the second half when they <laughs> benched Tua and did nothing and the texans kind of got back into it for a little bit but when you go when you're up like 30 to nothing at halftime you can kind of take the foot off the gas You've done enough at that point. You can sub in your backup quarterback and, you know, let them play. Uh, Once again, fully loaded, fully healthy. They are up there. They got a good game coming up, too. And see, look, as a Dolphins fan, I was just irritated that I had to suffer through the Bengals-Titans game. Even though it was a close game, it really wasn't as close as the score indicated, really. Well, how about this, Shirley? Yes. You you won't be able to watch this one either on (sighs) Sunday. This is a great game. This is a potential Super Bowl preview. Our Dolphins against kind of my 49ers. I got the Niners going to the Super Bowl. I said the Dolphins will be awesome before the year started. So I got a lot of stake. uh, And you know what? That should be a really good game because that's a matchup of two quarterbacks that essentially were kind of left for dead. I mean, Tua was, 
you know, in the offseason, there were so many questions about whether Tua was the, the quarterback for Miami going forward and the quarterback of the future. Jimmy G was tossed aside until, you know, their starting quarterback gets injured yeah, and then they call him back. Yep. And now they're both playing some phenomenal football right now. So it will be a fun game. I and would say Tua's playing way more phenomenal than Jimmy G. But, oh, but the 49ers winning. have a very good defense, too. They so. have an elite defense. You have a yeah. defense that pitched the shutout yesterday against the Dolphins that pitched the shutout for three quarters yesterday, pretty much. So yeah. what will the I am that's a It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. <sighs> I think there will be points though. I think these teams uh will score on Sunday. That's And that, you're saying we can't watch it? Uh well it's four oh five, which oh. it's probably gonna be like a local only thing. Man, so, yep. I hate that. Mike McDaniel's revenge game. Which means I'm gonna be stuck watching like the mm-hmm. Steelers or something. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm I'm interested. I to wish see. they would flex out of that stuff. Really, that, that would be a great Sunday night game. Um, yes, Dolphins and Niners. Uh, I'm interested to see. It comes out on Wednesday. The national TV, uh, the TV coverage map because Panthers are off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Washington and New York is all of a sudden a big game. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking so. It's very likely that game's going to be on. I'm thinking that's a one o'clock Fox game this week. It more yeah, I, I would think so. We'll see. We'll see. Um, which means that the double header will be on cbs or are they at the point where both stations carry because usually they rotate like right. fox will carry two games one sunday and then cbs well, this week it was fox yeah Let's see the week what are we going so to? then this God, summer week i mean this sunday will be the it'll be Let's cbs's see. turn your big national game in the four o'clock window this week will be ah chiefs Bengals. <sighs> Uh, I mean, I like the Chiefs. Playoff rematch. Ugh. So, yeah. Sunday yeah. night, Colts-Cowboys. Get they, the Colts out of primetime. And put Dol- Dolphins... Why, uh, why the Colts just, are the Broncos oh. of earlier this year. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Getting these primetime games. I know you can't flex out of Sunday night games because those are pretty much set. But those afternoon you games... You Monday night games. What did I say? Sunday, Sunday night. night. You can, oh, you're talking Sunday. about tonight. Yeah. You wait, can, wait, wait. All right. Let's re- reset here. I meant the Sunday night game. I thought you were talking about the Sunday night game. You can't necessarily flex out of that because that's usually pretty set. Correct? Monday night? Sunday night. No, they flex no, Sunday you, night you games. You can flex But Sunday they do games. it in advance. Like, it's too late now. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Sunday night, Monday night, you can't really flex out. But you can flex out those afternoon games. Yeah, but they are going to, which that Fox, Dolphins at Niners, now that might be a CBS game. But Chiefs Bengals, they're going to put as the marquee game just because it's a rematch of the, you know, playoffs and everything. I want to. I'm telling you, game of the week is, uh, well, Bills Patriots is pretty important. That's Thursday night. That one would be, yeah. Titans Eagles, yeah. Eh. Man, if the Titans win, if the Titans win yesterday, I'm really looking forward to that game titans on a bounce the titans back. did not look their defense looked good but their offense looked stagnant and derrick um, henry couldn't get anything going i mean he the one he broke he ended up fumbling oh, the football yeah, into the end zone play. by the way that game ending uh regarding a long snapper yesterday yes and it was the most bizarre thing because i did not realize oh, yeah. i gotta be honest with you i did not realize that the long snapper is considered a defenseless player basically 
And, and you, and you and definitely you can't, can't line up. You, you cannot line up over him. You can't. You can't line up over him, and you can't run him over, which is what the Titans did. They did that, both of those things. They did both of those things, and that effectively lost the game for him. They would have had the ball back with like a minute, maybe just a shade under a minute to go, with a chance to tie the ball game. Instead, game over. Joe says, if anyone has a fire stick, I use Apollo Group TV app. It is a paid service, but you can get any and all NFL games. Don't know how legit that is, but that's Joe on Twitter, who's a legit guy. So, there you go. Mm, there's a way uh, you can do it. <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. Because uh, I happen to know exactly how to do it. Yeah. Craig uh, says, Hugh Freeze to Auburn. Not sure if you discussed already. We did. I got my... Hugh damn right we did. Hugh damn right. I got my... Um, Auburn was going to get Hugh Freeze by hook or by crook. Joke off earlier in the show. And wanted to get that off again. My guy. Hey, my guy. I wonder what Rajay's doing today, my guy. Um, did you see yesterday? Uh oh, here we go. Uh, the Rams played the Chiefs. Uh, did you see this story? At 3.06 a.m. at Arrowhead Stadium. The security found a trespasser wandering around the field. The man appeared to be extremely confused. He told security he was looking for Travis Kelsey. Uh, they asked ID from the man. He showed his identification. Uh, that man was Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> I was going to say. They, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then he was told that the game was over. Go home, please. Jalen Ramsey looked like he was riding a merry-go-round. He had no idea where Travis Kelsey was going. I was, like, wondering where you were going with that. Now, I don't know. That's I, good. I'm well, assuming. The, the, the funny thing was is I was about to say, well, Jalen Ramsey didn't know where he was going. You know, but. That is a, that's a, it's Patrick Allen on Twitter. Now, I want to say it's the first time I've seen a joke, this particular wording of a joke, but this has probably been passed around a million times. Kind of like um, the whole something about a substance being in the end zone and the team's afraid to go into it or whatever and then like the first time you ever heard 71 percent of the earth is covered by water and the rest is covered by deon sanders you're yeah, like oh yeah. man that is the greatest line i've ever heard that was awesome and great then, job like every other cornerback that joke is made about them so it gets kind of old uh but I, I think this might be the first time i've seen the breaking into a stadium joke that's well done so now it'll be used a million more times and it'll get old just like everything uh, happens whoever started it can say that they started it yep uh yeah that's how it works all right let's take a break we'll come back when we return double b brian bailey will join us we also have some mike schwartz audio to get to as he spoke earlier today pirates and bulldogs of south carolina state coming up seven o'clock tuesday mengees coliseum more to go prl we're back with you after this
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Orthopedics East provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in Eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Cliff Brock. All right, we're with you for another hour at 6 o'clock. It's the Brian Bailey Show. If you missed it at noon, check it out. Malcolm Gray joined BB. They taught bowls. They taught pirate football for the entire hour, so you can check that out. Coming up at 6 o'clock, and BB joins us now on the Pit Electric Live line to talk football hoops, everything in between. Brian, how you doing, man? Not bad. It's a victory Monday for the Pirates, and uh sun's shining, so it's not too bad at all. There you go. And uh, took a lot of offense to get it done. Took a lot of Keaton Mitchell on Saturday, the game of his life, as kind of harkened back to some of those Chris Johnson days uh, when he was running all over teams. I remember one at Memphis uh, in particular, but Keaton Mitchell accounting for 300 yards, Bailey, and getting in the end zone all the times he did on Saturday. What a performance by him. Yeah, and I tell you, you watch him, and he 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 does things so effortlessly. You just don't realize that he's accumulated three hundred yards. I mean, I thought you know after watching him play, he was probably about a buck fifty for you know for yards on, on the ground. He was at two twenty two, I think. And just just the way he goes about his business, I mean, he's he's really low key and soft spoken. But man, he can absolutely fly, and he's gotten so much better about reading his holes and being, you know, patient with the football. And uh, I think we're going to look back and just marvel at his his career at East Carolina. And I, I think that you know he's he's going to go down. I said it earlier as one of the best. He may go down as the best running back in East Carolina history. And at the end of the game, the Pirates needed more points, and uh, they were well. First of all, to get the ball back, and we were talking about this before uh, your show earlier today. Uh, but the decision by Temple to punt the football and give it back to East Carolina when they could have gone for it, uh, neither team was stopping, you know, nobody was stopping anybody really. So it was a, almost a gift to get the football back in that situation. And I said it on, on Saturday night, if, if we're doing the Temple postgame show, all the calls we're getting are about that decision made to go, to punt the ball instead of go for it there. Yeah, I think it started on third and one. And I know they threw the ball for, for an obnoxious amount of yards, but still on third and one, you know, you, you think you can get it on the ground, and they don't. They throw it, and the ball gets batted down. So, you know, and I, I can understand the conservative approach if you had all this to, to play for and, and, you know, you want to put it on your defense's shoulders and that kind of thing, but you had nothing at all to play for. Your record is not very good, you know, and they played some really good teams really close games and they were in another one and i think some teams just find a way to win and some teams find a way to lose i think in this case temple found a way to lose and when they decided to punt the football i think it was just you know i didn't know for sure that east carolina would come back and score a touchdown to beat them but i know for sure they wouldn't have gotten that chance if they'd have gotten that fourth down play on fourth and one and whole nailers with the ultimate no 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 yes 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 throw across the body 
Uh, so you're there. Billy Chandler and I are watching it, and we started the stream early so you can see how we reacted to that play. Um, uh, Billy is screaming, run, run, Holton, run. And then the ball goes up in the air. No, no, no. And then you just see Jalen Johnson run right under it, catch it, and run into the end zone. Beautiful play, wild play. How about you uh, from your vantage point? Did you did you see what Ayler saw on that play, or were you thinking, uh-oh, where is this throw going? I was thinking, where is the throw going? And I'll tell you, I've got a theory as a photographer, and, and obviously you know, I've been shooting football a long time, but there are there are some really great photographers out there for football. I'm not particularly one of them, but I got some really good shots on Saturday. And in this particular instance, you know, I was a little wider than I wanted to be because I thought he was going to run, and then I was going to zoom in as he was running. Then when he throws it, the idea is to find the football. So I found the football right away, and I start zooming into the football as it's in the air, kind of trying to get like an NFL films type look. I'm zooming into the football, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is not going to work out because I, I did a pretty good job on this. And I'm not sure where he's throwing it to. All I know is when the king came down, it landed right to a, a pirate. And he caught it, and he goes in the end zone. And I thought, oh, my goodness, the pirates have just taken the lead. And then I went back and looked at it, and I thought, wow, what a, what a play that was. But I, I had no idea. And then I watched the ESPN version. You can see Holton said he saw him open early. He was open early. And then he said he saw him open again, and he just heaved it down there, and Jalen ran right under it. What a play. In between like a triangle of Temple defenders. It was right. amazing how it worked out. Uh, but East Carolina able to steal a win and uh, and get one, a back-and-forth shootout in Temple. And we've played games this year, Brian, where how many you know goal line stands and big stops has this defense made and given the ball back to the offense and said, all right, go win us a game. So it's not like it's been this way all year. Some games the, the defense played a lot better than the offense. But here lately, uh, teams have found a way to move the ball almost at will against this defense it's been almost shocking to see how you know productive they were earlier in the year versus what's happening now but i think billy's brought up a good point when i said what has happened to this defense he said you know nothing it hadn't really changed teams found out you can't run the ball on ecu and they found out you can throw it over the middle pretty much wherever you want and we've seen the last two teams just take advantage of that and now that east carolina has some uh, weeks to practice before this bowl game. Hopefully that gets corrected, Bailey. Yeah, I think it will. You know, Blake Harrell came to East Carolina and has been just a godsend as far as, as the type of person he is, type of coach that he is, and he was rattled after the game. I mean, he, he, he walked past, and I said something to him, the coach, you know, wasn't pretty, but you guys got the job done, and he almost stared a hole through me. Yeah, he was so upset with, with how his defense played. So I think that's going to – that's going to work itself out. And Coach Houston even said so. He said, I think Blake Harrell's probably the most upset person on the – going to be the most upset person on the way home. He said, I told him, your defense made the plays when they had to, and they did. And I think that's what matters. You know, this is a team game. You don't get, you don't get points for playing great defense if you lose, and you don't get points for playing horrible defense if you win. You get points if you win, and that's what the Pirates got. Brian Bailey joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. East Carolina finishes out 7-5, and five, and now we uh, wait, await to see where we're going bowling, Brian. And um, did, your, did it clear any up uh, for you, many more up for you, uh, talking to Malcolm Gray earlier today? Uh, all we're doing is still guessing, right? We No definitive answers at this point. Right, and, and we weren't trying to, to say that, that he had the answers or I had the answers. We're basically just doing what everybody else is doing and looking at all the different projections out there and what the American can do, what they can't do. But it seems to me, 
like the the, the Fenway Bowl is, is where the Pirates are going to end up, and, and we'll, we'll find that for sure. Maybe later this week, definitely on Sunday, we'll have the exact you know matchups and that kind of thing. I'd love to see. I, I think I think part of it it's an ACC uh, American matchup, and I think think the Pirates would love to play a Duke. Uh, a Wake Forest, if they can't do that, then maybe it is a Syracuse, which is what some of the projections today said. I've seen Louisville as well. So I think any of those matchups, you know, would be great, be a great bowl experience for East Carolina. And it's the first ever Fenway Bowl, so you're kind of a part of history. I think when the Pinstripe Bowl started, I think a lot of people had a lot of interest in that, Yankee Stadium. And now, you know, Fenway's got their own bowl. It's taken two years to get the bowl played because they had COVID and they had a cancellation. But they uh finally going to get a chance, hopefully, to play this one, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Wasabi. And when Brian wins the lottery, it'll be the BB Bowl live from Wrigley Field, uh, Big Ten versus AAC, right, Brian? Is that what you want? There you go. Pretty fun, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is kind of neat to think about football in those uh, in those classic ballparks. So I think that'll be unique. Oh, I think so, too. And I've always wanted to go to Boston. I've always wanted to see – I want to see the Red Sox play, obviously, in Fenway Park, but – um, I, I'd love to, to, to go and just, you know, like Malcolm said, walk around Fenway Park because ballparks like that, like Wrigley Field, you walk around and, and there's so much history that, that, you know, maybe some people can't see it, but you can almost feel it sometimes. You can, the ghosts of, yeah. of baseball pass and that kind of thing. That's, that's, it's, it's sentimental to me, maybe stupid to some, but it's just, I think it would be a, be a lot of fun. Yeah, and you might joke about me for this one, but I remember just going to RFK when I was a kid in the 90s and like just seeing that grass for the first time through the concourse and the feelings. And you've, probably, you've been to games there too, probably, Brian, right? Where you've probably seen Dallas win and lose there, I would imagine. I've, yes, I have, but I've seen them lose more than I've seen them win. I saw the um, – the uh, when we were at, at the uh, Military Bowl with Coach Ruff when the Pirates lost to Maryland, it was his first year. But that was a um, – I remember – that was at RFK Stadium. Now it's in Annapolis, but at, at RFK. And I could I could almost hear the fans, we want Dallas. <laughs> yeah. The Cowboys were warming up, and they were just rocking RFK Stadium. We want Dallas. We want Dallas. Yeah. In fact, at, this past weekend, we were at the link, obviously, and they had posters up of all, you know, the great things that have happened in Philadelphia, you know, sports at the link and even before the link at Veterans Stadium, and they had the 80 80- – NFC Championship game. I was there to see Dallas and Philadelphia when Wilbert Montgomery went, and uh, the Eagles beat the Cowboys. So that was kind of cool to, to see you know, something like that as well. Great to harken back to those old memories, and now we don't need those memories, Brian, because all our teams in the NFC East are good again. How about that? If the about- if the playoffs started today, the NFC East is well represented, including your team, my team, even the Giants and the Eagles with a bye. So that's how it would set up. Still a lot of football obviously left to be played but uh but man that's pretty cool it really is and it, it's it's mind-boggling to think how bad the nfc east was and to think about how good it is now i mean the cowboys you know those two wins over the giants may really pay dividends as far as that goes i don't know if the cowboys can catch the eagles uh they're gonna have to you know the cowboys get one shot at them but uh they're gonna have to have some other help to, to catch them and really I think it's just going to come down to you may have to win a game on the road, and teams do that. I mean, Dallas may not. Dallas doesn't do very well in the playoffs in the last two decades, but hopefully, you know, it's going to come down to something like that. But, uh, yeah, and it's it's hard to believe, you know, Tampa Bay right now is sitting in that spot where they're in the four spot, so they would play Dallas in Tampa. Hmm. And that's where Dallas started the year at. 
with a loss to Tampa. And weird scheduling quirk. Uh, quirk. Washington has back-to-back games versus the Giants. They'll play them this Sunday and then a bye, and then they'll play them again uh, at home. So a lot will be kind of figured out between those two teams here in the next three weeks. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Washington and Dallas play at the end of the year, last game. Will that game have a meaning for one of those teams? The way it looks like right now, it will. But, uh, again, a lot left to uh, to be determined when it comes to the uh, the playoff seating. But I think you said it best with those four teams. As bad as we hate one another, we really hate it when we're the laughing stock of the league. <laughs> with the other three. I was looking at the standings this week, Brian, and I said, man, in a – a normal NFC each year for what we've seen the last 10, 15 years. If Washington's seven and five, we're looking at winning the division, having a home game. Oh, yeah. This year we're in last place. So, yeah, that's it's the way, crazy. It's the way it's rolled. Uh, Brian Bailey joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. Got, uh, of course, football, high school football, Eastern uh, finals coming up this week. And Bailey, uh, a lot of basketball this week, too. A rare Friday night Minji's game and a pretty, you know, a pretty good game with Campbell coming to town on Friday and ECUF South Carolina State on Tuesday night. So uh, ECU back home. We'll um, talk to Cy Seymour earlier. He said he said one of the issues at, the, at ODU was just legs, playing all those games in Florida and you got a contract game with ODU and you got to play that one uh, after you return home and you know excuse whatever but uh he said there was something to it he said when you shoot that bad from three a lot of that is your legs and uh after a good run in Florida the Pirates uh, a little tired the other night in the second half against ODU and, and you could certainly you know say that that's not an excuse it's just one of those things that a quirk of the schedule like you said but there was some crazy basketball yeah how about the Carolina game four overtimes yesterday that was that was maddening almost and north carolina just set a record and this is not what you want to see after losing a four overtime game biggest drop by an ap number one overall team ever they go from number one to number 18 brian in one week did they really they went that far <laughs> yeah i uh, just saw just saw that come out so. i thought they i thought there was a week in there that they fell to like seven or eight i'll be there no I'll, I'll make sure i saw that right i saw it on a tweet uh, but uh, the Pirates lose a couple. And that, you know, number one now in the nation, uh, right here in the American, at least for one more year, uh, Kelvin Sampson and those Houston Cougars, now number one in the country. And Virginia's three. And I can tell you by, by being a Virginia Cavalier fan, they are not the third best team in the entire nation. But they've had a good start. Yeah, 5-0. and oh. uh, And I've, I've kept an eye on former Pirates, and I've seen – Jaden Gardner have some good games, him kind of not being in the stat sheet. I think Virginia's got some weapons, though. But how about Tristan Newton at UConn? You got two former Pirates, Bailey, in the top ten. Connecticut is sitting at number eight. And, uh, boy, Tristan's had a triple-double this year. He had, like, 21 points in the first half or something the other night. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't care uh, once they're gone from East Carolina. But I still root for those guys and, and hope they do well. I do as well, and and it just it just goes to show you, like like Joe always said, you gotta you gotta get old and stay old. Pirates don't have any trouble getting old; they just can't stay old. They they lose their players, and they've got to figure out a way. That, that's one of the things that Mike Schwartz has really got to concentrate on. He's got to keep those guys, and that's that's going to be the the challenging part, especially in this day of the transfer portal and the NILs. 
Well, how awesome is it when we get to see a guy, Brian, come in as a freshman, play a sophomore, junior, and then leave as a senior, a completely different player, a completely different person. And we're starting to see uh, the very early stages of that with Javon Small. And we just want to keep seeing him growing. Brandon Johnson, R.J. Felton. Uh, it's, it's really fun to, to know when you got a guy coming back and, uh, and, and to see them grow. It's fun because you can build around those guys. Yeah. In basketball, you know, it's not like football where you have all these scholarships and you got all these players to replace. If you get a couple of, of really, you know, good slots around these guys, you can build something. And that's what Coach Schwartz is trying to do. And looking forward to Tuesday night, Menji's Coliseum. Brian, did you say you, uh, you'll be covering some high school basketball this week as well? Yeah, Rose plays Kinston on Tuesday night. Mm. So I think that's a that's a pretty good early season matchup. I saw Farmville Central the other night against the, the Phoenix State 1A champs. Wilson Prep and Farmville Central look the part again. They look really, really good. But Farmville Central can be in a tie game and they can full court press you and they go from a tie game to up 16 in about <laughs> 2.8 seconds. Yeah. It's crazy how fast they go. Speaking of Farmville Central, I saw uh, Bobby Pettiford. I watched him play against Farmville Central. And now I can't remember South Granville maybe was the school in Minji's, but he had that crazy game winner for uh, for Kansas for Joe Dooley and company uh, over the week uh, weekend. I don't know if you saw that. I'll be. Yeah. yeah, I saw the shot. I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, uh, wild uh, rebound reverse layup. Bobby Pettiford put that one in. BB, good stuff, man. No lack of sports topics. We'll uh, keep talking pirate football with you here throughout these next few weeks, as uh, and we'll find out our bowl destination. I know you'll have a big bowl show next Monday. Great chat with Malcolm Gray uh, to talk a little bit about bowl possibilities, but also kind of looking back at the year and uh, went over some big wins and some moments of the year. So it flies by, Bailey. You say it all the time. We we wait for it, and then it gets here, and then boom, it's gone. But uh, still got one more to go for the Pirates. One more to go. Can't wait to find the bowl destination and get set to go bowling. BB, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Sounds good. All right. There's Brian Bailey joining us, Pirate uh, Radio Live, Pit Electric Live Line, and we got Pirate Hoops Tuesday and Friday, East Carolina Bowl Game, TBA, and uh, just saw this graphic that uh, ECU, one of many teams this year in college football, uh, but they uh, cashed their win total over. So I guess East Carolina going into this season was, what, either five and a half or potentially six and a half, but either way. ECU getting the seven wins uh, got that over for people who uh, believed in the Pirates this year. Let's uh, let's open up the booty bag, Shirley. Make somebody a winner here on a Monday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, what are we giving away today? Why don't we give away a $15 gift card to Wings Over Greenville? Give it away, give it away, give it away now. What caller are you looking for? 12. All right, caller 12, 317-1250. You can be a winner. Awesome prize today. Wings Over Greenville on the line. We'll be back with more Pirate Radio Live comments from head basketball coach Mike Schwartz on the way after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. They have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. And congratulations to Michael Penuel of Apex, who picked up a $15 gift card to Wings Over Greenville. If you're looking for wings to be delivered to your home, Wings Over Greenville's got you covered. They have their own in-house delivery service, and be sure to try the all-new tender sandwiches by ordering ahead on the Wings Over app. They are open till 3 a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, so they have everything to cure those late-night munchies. You can give them a call at 758-9464. Wings Over Greenville, they deliver. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, Mike P. with the uh, victory today. Going to enjoy some wings over Greenville. Looking forward to some Pirate Hoops back in Menji's Coliseum after four games away from the uh, friendly confines. They'll be back at it Tuesday night, 7 o'clock against South Carolina State. Winless South Carolina State should be an opportunity to pick up a W for Mike Schwartz's team, and they need one coming off a loss on Saturday night against Old Dominion. Uh, hadn't uh, heard from Mike Schwartz in a while, uh, so we got to hear from him earlier today. The Pirate Radio cameras were there. You can watch it in its entirety on YouTube, and uh, let's hear what he had to say right now. You know, when the season started, we looked at this stretch that we just got from uh, in terms of the, the MT Florida and coming back and having to go to Old Dominion on Saturday. We knew that it would be a real challenging stretch. Uh, four games in six days uh, when we finished that ODU game. Uh, some really good things happened on the trip in Florida. Uh, some good things happened even at the ODU game in the first half and obviously disappointed with the way the game finished up in our second half there. What, what, have, or what can you learn about your team over a four-game stretch? Like they had a lot of basketball in a short amount of time. Yeah, you know, the ability in Florida really, Stephen, to make adjustments as the game night to night. You know, you, you don't have much preparation time when you play those three games. Indiana State was normal preparation. Then you have to do a quick turnaround for Toledo and a quick turnaround for UT Arlington. Uh, first two games were in the morning. You know, there was a little bit of adversity in that first game because they were moving the game because of some issues in the arena. So I thought our guys' ability to concentrate and make adjustments day, day to day, three days in a row was pretty good. Um, Obviously, we play a lot of guys. We still play a lot of guys regardless, and I'm sure that rotation will continue to get a little bit smaller as we go, but that ended up being a benefit for us there was different guys stepped up in different games. Coach, when you're on the road for that many games together early in the season, the non-basketball activities that the teams have been able to do. How does that help kind of grow the culture here that you want to grow? Yeah, I think that's really big. We spend a lot of time together, obviously, like you said, with the basketball stuff. And, and, you know, there's other things that guys have. They have study hall when we're on the road, and we have a lot of team meals together. So I think that chemistry and cohesiveness gets stronger when you're on the road in those kind of environments. Then you get back for one day. We had a Thanksgiving meal together. We're off, and then we're back in practice, and we're on the road on the bus on the way up to uh, to Norfolk to play ODU. So you do get to spend that time together, and I think that is a positive. Um, but it's also just a challenge in general just to be on the road that long of a stretch, come back for a day, and then go play a really quality opponent on the road. And, and uh, But, you know, again, we gained some things out of it. 
guys played well in the first half and then, you know, faced a lot of adversity in the second half. Just what was kind of the, the message to the team after the game? You no, know, we got out-toughed. We got out-toughed, out-physicaled. Um, I thought they were faster. Uh, they were quicker to the ball in the second half. Uh, again, in the first half, I, I'm not saying we were, but I think it was an evenly matched first half for the most part. But looking at the game afterwards, they definitely were the more physical team. Um, and again, second half of, of a long stretch. I don't know if legs were a factor, what it was, but we told the guys that's not an excuse. The bottom line is they were more physical. They, they dominated the paint on us. We knew going into the game they wanted to get the ball to the paint. They were a paint team, a rebounding team, and they had their way with us in the second half, and that's why it was such a, a large discrepancy in the score in the second half. In the first half, your, the Pirates really responded to the road challenge, I thought. Why can you speak to that? Yeah, though, you know, again, that was our first road game as a team. You know, we've had a couple scrimmages that were in empty gyms, even though they were on the road. We, you know, our scrimmages, we went on the road for both of them. When we were in Florida, that's a neutral site court. Uh, to be quite honest, it was it was a basically an empty arena, all three games. So this was the first time that you faced a true road atmosphere. So you had a lot of freshmen. Um, we had seven turnovers between two freshmen in the post, and some of them were just things like dropping the ball and not, you know, simple plays. So probably it was a factor, but again, we got to go on the road next week in a, in, a, in a tough environment again. So we'll grow as a team, but I do think the guys responded well, at least in the first half. But 20 minutes is never going to be enough, uh, you know, in, in any game, let alone a road game versus a really good team. When you look at Ezra Valentino getting those those minutes. I mean, how much can they grow from that? I mean, it seemed like they were a little sped up at times, but, I mean, that is good experience for those guys. Right? Yeah, sure. And then, you see, when you hit it on the head, those are the two guys that had the seven turnovers, you know, between them. And, and But you need to go through it. Well, we've often said this, the only way to get experience is to get experience and to have a chance to, to go through it. So hopefully that helps, and it hopefully it helps them as we prepare for South Carolina State for tomorrow night. I mean, that's the bottom line in every game, every whether it's road or home, is an experience those guys need. They're not heavy-minute guys right now, so they have to do the most they can with the minutes that they get. Um, but I definitely think they can grow, but those mistakes definitely cost us in that game. South Carolina State comes in really struggling. I mean, I think they're 56% from the free throw line. How do you keep your guys kind of level-headed, not getting too confident, knowing they're playing a that they're probably a lot better than? Well, we're not a lot better than them. There's no reason at all for us to be overconfident in any game that we play all year. This is a team, South Carolina State, that's a really good team, a really well-coached team. They've had seven road games. So the way we feel when we went on the road for three and then had to go to ODU, they felt that since November 7th. They've been on the road at Kentucky, at Wake Forest, at Western Kentucky. They have been on the road. So from a standpoint of that, the record is meaningless. You know, I think this is two teams that are both hungry because we're both coming off a loss, and that's all that matters. I know they're going to be ready, and I know we'll be ready. Given some of the, the places they've played, you know, they're not going to obviously come in here and intimidate or anything. Is that kind of a, you know, I don't want to say a scary thing, but it's something you have to tell your team they're not going to come in here ready to back. Yo, absolutely. This team's been on the road seven games, and they've, they've played in some of the best environments in the country, and they've played really good teams, and we'll have a great environment in here, but the team is not, they're not going to be intimidated in any way, shape, or form. They're not going to come in here uncomfortable being on the road. Maybe like you asked earlier about us having our first road experience at ODU, this team is well, you know, well-versed with being on the road so far this season. So it's going to come down to what happens in between the lines, and, and they'll be ready, and we got to get ready today and practice as well. 
it seemed like Winston starting to kind of you know find that comfort zone. How good is that, Tennessee? It's good, and we always said uh, that Florida was the time that we thought Winston might be able to maybe get off of a minute restriction and be more in in, in the realm of of hopefully getting back to being in game shape. Because again, it's not his injury; it's just getting time in back and and getting back everything that comes with rehabbing for such a long time, being in game shape. Uh, but that being said, we, you know, when we got to ODU, I think Winston, along with all the guys, not just Winston, we all tried to do a little too much on offense. And, and we got behind in the second half. Everyone tried to flip the game on the offensive side. And when that happens, high turnovers start happening and the defense suffers too. So we just got to reset and get our mind back to where we know defense is at the forefront of what's going to give us a chance and let the offense happen kind of organically from there. Baela, uh, he's also coming off an injury. It just seems like he's been, I don't know, maybe not quite comfortable shooting the ball. Have you kind of seen that? Is he, is he maybe pressing, you think, a little bit on the side? I think any time you start a season with the numbers that he has right now, I'm sure there's a part of him that's pressing. He's a highly competitive player. He does as good a job as anyone for us in his minutes rebounding the basketball and setting the defensive tone. He's had some good looks. He's forced some shots. He had a great opportunity uh, the other night to, to really go get himself a layup, and he ended up kind of pulling the string on a mid-range jump shot. And so I think he'll work his way through it. But I think, Stephen, like you said, I think any time you have, you know, I think he's one for 20 or one for 21 right now from the floor, I'm sure he's pressing a little bit, and that's natural. And he just, again, if you keep your focus in the right areas, it, you, know, it, you know, that little come off the rim for him. You've kind of used the phrase a few times, getting lost on the defensive side of the ball. Do you mean like... Just the players kind of playing so hard on defense, the game just kind of comes natural to them. Yeah, you know, I think that's you know at least that's what we want uh, our style of play or identity to be within our within our guys is that you have no reason to go out worrying about offense. You don't have to worry about you know am I going to score the ball or am I going to make an impact on offense. Where your intensity and where if you want to use the word worry needs to be is. Are we playing as hard as we can on defense? Are we executing our defensive game plan? Am I doing the job in front of the guy uh, in terms of guarding the guy in front of me, or from a team defensive standpoint? And I think when you do that, or when we do that, I think our offense comes a bit more naturally. Um, and sometimes that happens, as you can see in some of those games where we came from behind. The guys' backs are against the wall. We know we have to get stops. The pressure picks up, and then offense shots start to fall. But if you look at it the other way, you go into a game thinking, I have to make shots, it usually doesn't work out well. And, and at least I know for our team, that's not going to be something that we'll be successful with thinking that way. Mike Schwartz there. You can uh, see Coach and the basketball squad in action Tuesday night. Looking back at the loss on Saturday, ugly second half and uh east carolina outscored by 20 in that second half 40 to just 20 points scored in the second half remember last week i reeled off all those amazing uh second half numbers for ecu uh well you can trash those stats uh pirates lowest point total of the year at 50 by far also how about 16 turnovers to eight assists mike schwartz not gonna like those numbers uh at all and just one pirate in double figures it was javon small who had 13 points uh also added three rebounds, two assists, uh, two blocks, two steals. He always finds a way to stuff the stat sheet, does Javon Small. So looking for a turnaround. Rough night for Brandon Johnson. Uh, just five points to go with six rebounds. He has been a uh, double-double machine, but he only made one shot from the field the other night. Just one of eight missed all his three-point attempts. So brighter days ahead. Um, and the Pirates looking to get over that one quick when they take on South Carolina State on Tuesday night. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We roll on 
hour three. We are back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. If you're into sports and gossip, uh, you'll have a field day with this Hugh Freeze stuff. So uh, find your favorite social media site or SEC message board and have a ball. I knew, you know, I knew this was going to go over smoothly. Uh, Josh Newberg on three national host and producer uh, says Auburn fired Terry Bowden 47 and 40 record at Auburn for having consensual sex with a booster's wife. Now they are hiring a coach that was caught calling hookers on his school cell phone a few years ago. So there you go. <clears throat> Thought, your thoughts terry bowden yeah oh wow yeah i mean look that's their type look listen, look, listen buddy that's their type <laughs> that's their type that's man their type for coach um so i guess uh cadillac williams will i don't know go crazy cadillac go crazy will he remain on the staff will he go elsewhere hugh freeze gonna bring in his own peeps from liberty uh interesting stuff down at the sec hey it's all about winning baby you gotta win can you win win if you can win, win win no matter what if you can win then you're in and if you can't you are out all right uh what bowl you want the pirates to be in Chandler? i think i think that fenway would be a cool bowl um myrtle beach of course you're down there at myrtle beach pirate fans would invade dirty myrtle they would invade the grand uh the grandstand strand um i don't know i mean for the players i mean of course they would want something warm down south i mean i think myrtle beach would be a good bowl game where you can get a winnable opponent but i really would love for an oppose i would love for that opposing team to be someone out of the acc i think i think syracuse and i think a lot of projections have us playing syracuse right now i think that would be a pretty cool matchup for the pirates duke would be an awesome matchup for the pirates Mm -hmm. duke having a really good year in their first in their first uh in their first year under a new head coach um I think watching the Pirates play, because of course I'm not going to be there, watching them play in Fenway Park would be pretty cool. And yes, it's up there. It's not the ideal traveling situation for fans. The weather's not going to be ideal 
But I mean, I think I think our fans, if we were to come out this week and say, "All right, we're going to Fenway," I believe there's going to be a good amount of Pirate fans that go up there one to get to Boston and see Fenway Park. I think that's an attraction that a lot of people will be able to go see. And I know um, I brought it up to somebody yesterday, a, a pirate, uh, a pirate club member. And I said something about, well, Fenway would be cool because you get to go up there and, and see a historic stadium. And he said, yeah. He said, well, the last time I went to a bowl game in a historic stadium, it was RFK. <laughs> and he said it wasn't so it wasn't so good. I was like, well, uh, I, I, think, I think this one's been uh, kept up. Yes, a lot and more I told him, I said, well, I think Fenway has has been remodeled a few a few times. They still play at Fenway they, Park, and they still play there. RFK so. was like an abandoned, yeah, yeah, so. field. I, I said Fenway would be a lot different to R- RFK. I could see the trauma, you know, the trauma that you have with that because I I've heard from multiple pe- people that RFK was a dump. Of course, it was like you said, it was an abandoned stadium. But I mean, I think seeing ECU versus the ACC team in the Fenway Bowl would be pretty cool. All right, um, where do you want us to go? So we're asking personal preference here, right? So it's what I want, mm-hmm. just like people out there choose what they want because of their travel schedule or days off or climate or whatever reason so this is me thinking personally and i tend to think a little a little different than the average joe like chandler honeycutt i think about things like this chandler the perfect bowl would be a myrtle beach bowl and you're asking yourself why can i can i try to answer for you yes one is during the week so what does that mean it's a tuesday well it's a monday but go on uh, okay monday but what does that mean that means that during the week instead of doing pirate alive we'll be able to do four hours of pregame we got to be here anyway got to be well we got to be here anyway why not here. do a post pre and post game show we got to be here anyway let's just do a four hour pregame show won't have to come in on an extra saturday yep because the fenway bowl is a saturday the Fenway Bowl, by the way, I look, and I still would like to see us play in that bowl, but if we play in that bowl, we have to be here at 7 o'clock, and our pregame show, our Bud Light pregame show, will start at 7 o'clock that morning. And personally... I want to go to the Fenway Bowl. And I, yeah. I, we'll go. I okay, y'all can handle no, the pregame pl- show no, without me? And the postgame show go. without me? Please don't go. If you want to go, I say go. I want to go. If we, if we, Chandler's if it's saying Fenway no, bowl, he doesn't want you to go. I'll miss you. Um, wow. We'll have to be here anyway. But you're still going to be laughing at me because I'll probably be up there freezing my tail off, and you're in this nice little comfy studio. And then I guess the time, the the, the kickoff time will be different. It will so not be kickoff 11 o'clock. at 2.30. It'll be out at a decent time. Now, if you're in the, say, Boca Raton Bowl, that would be a um, – a post-game show that would go into wednesday morning but that would be i mean not terrible but not great well i mean if, if we play the myrtle beach bowl one is basically going to be the ecu bowl because pirate fans are going to just show up in droves and you play that game on monday and then we get the that gives us some content to talk about the rest of the week exactly uh also personally for that fenway bowl i have to pick up my um girls at the airport that saturday night so i could be looking at a 7 a.m bud light pregame tailgate post game show wraps up i gotta drive right to raleigh 
that night. Holy cow. So I really I don't want the Fenway Bowl. Oh my god. And of course it's lining up to be Fenway Bowl. And I've already told Shirley. I, I I have of course an alarm and everything, but I rely on my wife to wake me up for these early kickoff time or early uh Bud Light pregame tailgates. I think that I will end up um probably sleeping here that friday night and just have shirley wake me up at 6 30 whenever she rolls in here just for my fear of sleeping through the alarm and i told chandler that and chandler said you know what i might do it too we might have a lock-in a pirate radio sleepover lock-in that would be fun we could stream it yes (laughs) and that's assuming if i stay here and not go to fenway because y'all are screwed if i go to fenway y'all won't have me to wake you up at 6 30 well somebody else is gonna have to come in and do it <laughs> we're gonna have to hire a wake-up call service nah, jonathan can come in here he's usually up that early i'm pretty sure he's gonna be at the bowl surely oh damn yeah everybody goes but us i know that well clearly you don't <laughs> oh I, and she's gonna be a part of that this year apparently we'll have Wes come in wake us up get up it's time hey don't hey. go on at seven o'clock wait so i brought biscuits he'll pull the covers off of us get out no it'll be peggy doing that oh lord because <laughs> you know peggy will come with him y'all boys better get on y'all up, better now. Get up now i got y'all's breakfast boys y'all have five minutes five more minutes mom see, and dad see the problem is is that y'all have it backwards Wes would come in and say, y'all, y'all need to get up now. It's time. Peggy will come now, in and be like, hey, you got five minutes. Get up. If we do do a slumber party here, <laughs> we've got to do, we got to remake some scenes from Step Brothers. <laughs> do we just become best friends? <laughs> but no, seriously, I think if we, if, if, if it's the Fenway Bowl, I think that we should do like watch alongs for like games that are going on that I was going to just look at like the schedule of games. Like there's, there's I'm sure there's college basketball. Yeah. Uh th- that Friday will be the first day of bowl games, so there might be some bowl games <laughs> we can watch at night. <laughs> we can order food. Why, we can why get food. Why would you want to stay up that late though knowing you got to get up early? Because we're crazy people, Shirley. And also we're here where we need to be. So the only thing we have to do is literally wake up and walk in here. Let me check out uh, the basketball that night. What are we talking about? Friday, December 16th? 16th. What do we have? We got do we one, have EC basketball? We got one uh, top 25 game, Creighton and Marquette. Get excited about that. Let's see. ECU does not play that night, unfortunately. That would have been fun. But, uh, yeah, there will be bowl games, I guess. All right. Pirate Radio Sleepover could be happening. Um, depending on you know if we play in the game by the way shout out to intern Kristen. got that joe dooley audio for us her first or oh mike schwartz audio i was gonna say joe dooley what <laughs> mike schwartz audio so she went out and got it yep oh good, well, for, good, her. good for her she's doing a great job i think that's she what, is i think that's what jenny meant jenny said shout out to intern and christian going to our first press conference getting audio so I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm thinking that's Kristen. Yeah. yeah. Or do we have another person on staff named Christian? I don't might. know, Chad. <laughs> Chad, can you confirm? 
Um, we do not have a Christian, so what, I'm assuming it's Kristen. What did that guy, real nice guy, Shirley, but what did he come in and call you all the time when he was cutting a commercial? <laughs> Sherry. Sherry? <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> Called me Sherry every time, every and I time. didn't have the heart to tell him, yeah. that's not my name. Oh, when people screw mine up, I don't say anything either. I'm just, it's fine. Like, they're not, it's, they're not, it's not an insult. They just don't know the name. At least they're trying to make an effort. But yeah, Sherry. <laughs> I mean, how do, you, Sherry, how, do you, how do you go from Shirley to Sherry? I, I just don't. I have been. I've been called Charlie before. <laughs> okay, that's a little much. No, I I called I called like a customer service line once, and they said, "Well, what's your name?" I said, "My name is Shirley." Okay, Charlie, and I went, "What?" And that's a first. Charlie Barbie. Yeah. Charlie so red beard with I the point of the day how many things has chandler missed and shirley had to take over his role and yet he doesn't want shirley to go to the bowl i mean i agree red beard pretty selfish pretty well, not, selfish. not just that but you know i am a red Sox fan to be in fenway i mean chandler yes. doesn't care about how you feel he, i know he doesn't I don't, care how i feel i really don't he cares about himself i just fun. want you to be here to <laughs> keep everything straight what the building's gonna burn down or something it could <laughs> i mean do you understand who you're leaving behind shirley's not on the volunteer volunteer fire department like if the <laughs> yeah, building burns she down, might as well be she does everything else God shirley God you can't leave we might need that doorknob fixed again <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do we do if we get locked in the studio shirley uh, yeah let's let's call i know a guy i'll call a guy you don't have to do that you can just it's two screws just Shirley take them out and put them in the handy just, woman around here it's not that hard there's no need to call a maintenance guy to replace a doorknob it's not that hard uh let's get our final break in real quick uh we'll come back lzd says with ucf leaving who is our new conference rival first of all ucf's not a rival proximity charlotte uh for fun i'll say texas san antonio you know, we don't have a rival. I'm going to disagree with you. I think UCF is a conference rival. A conference rival. All right. Cool. Good disagreement. That's what makes America great, though. Everybody can disagree on stuff. Yeah. And I just disagree with you. Yep, you And I'm did. agreeing with LZD. I'm going to disagree with both of y'all. Back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back uh taking a quick look at your stock market report it was a down day for the dow it slipped 497 points and closed out at 33,849 nasdaq was down 176 points at 11,049 and the S&P was down 62 at 3,963. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. And to close out the show, here's Clip. Alright, top two teams against the spread this college football season. If you have a weird looking mascot, 
you're good to go the tulane green wave 10 and 2 the oregon state beavers 10 and 2 your top teams against the spread tulane trying to win it for the aac and uh boot ucf out of the conference coming up on saturday for the championship game we'll uh, see if we can hook up with Corey glore one day this week and talk about that one we will talk to you tuesday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live for shirley rhodes and the man of chan i'm cliff brock so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation